Play podcast. I am your host, Mark Jesus McDonald. With me is the full regular crew. Um, and some. we are back for a full regular podcast plus a podcast alpha, plus alpha, as <laughs> regular say, plus alpha. here in Japan. Yes. So last week we had a little mini special on the uh, little mini Metal Gear podcast um, little mini metal gear he's so cute <laughs> <laughs> so and i think we did pretty good actually i was i was relieved when the real trailer came out uh google it if you haven't seen it already right that now. shit was amazing right yeah very cool pause this yeah. podcast watch it right now yeah. metal gear solid ground zeros uh, you'll find it. Is there a video that shows the actual gameplay? There are. There were like uh, handy, um, not handy cam. Uh, well, yeah. shaky cam shaky videos cam. from oh, really? the PAX audience, at least. They yeah. did show like ten seconds of gameplay. <laughs> it really, it kind of ended halfway through yeah, what we right, saw. Right. But um, I it know there's a, an extended mm. version, uh, and there's also a subtitled English version. If you are actually googling it, that you yeah. want to watch. Hmm. Um, I guess one thing we did miss is the. Has and uh, well, a little, we mentioned a them. We the just didn't really get into. Yeah, we didn't. That he was going to rescue, be rescuing them, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I digress. I that think we was did pretty good. We caught most of it last week. Mm-hmm. I think we did great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Robson said that you know he was surprised that like our you know our comments, which were all basically out of your or our memory, like mm-hmm. were basically lined up with all the notes he took. So at oh, the end, really? so yeah. especially wow. since Very we good. couldn't turn on our cell phones and be using. How did he any... take notes? <laughs> he took notes until they threw him out. Out, at least I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yeah, he's using Notepad on his iPhone. And right. They right. Took him to a small room <laughs> for debrief. Um, but uh, so that was last week. This week we have uh, a regular podcast. Uh, we'll cut it a little short because we have uh, like three and a half hours of a Super Nintendo Super Retrospective yes. Yes. that Yay. we talked about before. Now we're not gonna uh, play all of that this week. Um, but we are going to be, for the time being, weekly, basically, actually probably more than weekly. This We're, is our third in a row. Three this weeks is our in third a row. in a row, mm-hmm. and we are planning to do another podcast next week for because the, uh, well, the there's going to be the iPhone announcement and the Nintendo Wii U right. conference <laughs> is happening. <laughs> Other, I was thinking it while you were singing it. <laughs> Other things. Possibly as well, but um, definitely going to be a lot to talk about. And then we're getting into TGS time, yeah. Mm, so then we'll yeah. probably do two podcasts TGS week, which is right. the week after that. So yeah. So anyway, you're getting eight four play up the wazoo for that's like right. two months here, <laughs> yes. and a bunch uh, of us. here to help fit that into your wazoo. Uh, to my right, <laughs> speaking of image. wazoos, yeah, wazoo. JJ dumps like a truck. Epperson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys so, like what, what, JJ movie, but oh, I don't want to. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we we go to there's this really delicious. Uh, in Japanese, they call it toshomen, which we don't is have like, a lot of time. Right, it's like ramen, but we, it's like really fat, like almost like. Uh, no, 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 you didn't get me. We don't have a lot of time. 
Thong song came up this week. They they play the they play weird eighties music in there, and the thong song was being played, even though that's not an eighties. I'm song. sorry, nineties music, late nineties. Yeah, it's still well technically. <laughs> and you also have like a giant, famously a giant ass. I have a big butt, <laughs> which you yourself are the first. It's not like I noticed it one yeah, day, yeah, because right. we're not looking at your. Butt. I inherited. It You're from proud my of it. No, yes, you are. I wish it was smaller so I could fit through things in this country. <laughs> DJ has trouble getting on trains because you're going to need to have the production surgery. The aisles in supermarkets are fit for Japanese people. So when if somebody is standing in the aisle, I kind of brush up against them. You know that happens to normal people <laughs> too, right? Yeah, it's not it's like not I have this superpower. I've never been sometimes. My butt has never been normal, so I wouldn't know. Okay? Were you made fun of in grade school? No, actually. No. Okay, so Japanese if you salary had, men use JJ's butt for put their ashtrays down. Uh, we might have to take some pictures to let <laughs> no. the listeners I don't decide. Put, you know what we need to do? Remember those long johns that I gave oh, you guys God. for no. Christmas? No, I need to see them on you. Uh, <laughs> they're like tights. There's not even long. Uh, yeah, right. start. No. I don't believe those pictures will be safe for work, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, um, all right. So, JJ, ac- across from you, uh, Hiroko Minahobo, Mina- <laughs> Minamoto, <laughs> um, who I think has uh, been wearing the same clothes. I didn't want to say anything. But we're wearing the same clothes for like the last oh four or five God. days. That is, you are so mean. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't no, I didn't anything. notice it. You didn't? I no. honestly I didn't notice it either. I would not have noticed it. You can't notice it now. She's not wearing it now. Yeah, I'm not wearing it. If you hadn't have said anything, I actually, I probably Have you not been going noticed. home? I've been going home. <laughs> okay. And I've been washing my clothes every day. Oh, which but, I think is actually, it, it's a joke because I think that's like, wait, you don't need to do that. I mean. Okay, like but now, okay, you it. brought this up. Now I have to explain this. And, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so um, we're they're trying to take a picture for um, an interview, photo a family photo of the eight for four gang. yeah an interview that we did right and um, <laughs> but somehow you know we've Each been day. yeah every single day like this is today was our third attempt that you know we weren't able to take that picture mm-hmm. but anyway so <laughs> when we first took the picture I was wearing this these specific clothes. And I liked how it looked in the picture. Right. So I wanted to wear those clothes, those clothes in the picture. Sure. And that's why. So I wore the same clothes two days in a row after washing them. Yeah. And then we weren't able to take the picture. And today I have those clothes in my bag. And we were still not able to take take the picture. So we'll get that t- picture taken. Through. It's very complicated Salvador Dali-like yeah, setup there's gonna that be we're trying to pull off. Cl- melting <laughs> clock. Yes, maybe. Um, but I think it's people suspended in midair. The clouds have to be in a certain flying. position right. to the light coming through the window. Um, reflects but property. it's going to turn out to be a normal picture. Yeah, yeah it'll just be <laughs> Actually, I have an idea, which is to use our Family Ties-esque um, a sketch that we have to actually <laughs> send, send that. To send that. Yeah, I think we should which, do that. There's an Australian <laughs> magazine that's, that's doing something on us, which yeah. is who we're sending it, we're doing this for. That would be pretty fucking hilarious. I think we should just send that. Yeah. I don't know if they had family ties in Australia. They may have had. But one person who did have family ties, uh, <laughs> John Skrillex Ricciardi. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even know so, what you're so talking this, about. This is perfect because you don't know that Skrillex is like the synonymous is like the dubstep artist 
mm-hmm. of the universe. He's the Nirvana of our generation. And no, yes, she is. This garbage. Nirvana is the Nirvana. No, but 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 but. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's awesome and beautiful that you were so innocent. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like we told John who Santa Claus was right. by introducing them to exactly what dubstep <laughs> was. Yeah. Over this past week. Oh, are you talking about the uh, the time force thing? Yes, yeah. the super time oh, force, okay. which which again, pause the podcast again if you have not seen it because genius. Amazing. Oh yeah, that has Damn to be awesome. the best trailer like in the last couple of years, like for a game like that was yeah. awesome. It's mm-hmm. like so a good. it's like a parody. It's a video parody. It has game footage in it. I don't want to. We just shouldn't say much more except that you should definitely watch it. If yeah. you listen to this podcast, you will totally get it. That's so pitch perfect, like and hilarious yes. and rewatchable. Mm. I mean, we like it's gathered true. around it the next day as a company <laughs> and just watched it. We were showing people on YouTube Baby, on our cell don't. phones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, but during this, not to ruin anything, but during it, they play the most like crazy, ridiculous over the top dubstep. <laughs> for the yes. soundtrack, whenever they show the game and it's really hilarious but 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 John was like, well, that that's that's our friend, good friend of the show, Jason DeGroot. That's just his soundtrack. Like that's, <laughs> I just that's, assumed that's, that's his the music, music he made for the game. It sounds like it fits. Like that doesn't even <laughs> sound like Jason's music at all. It kind of does. You're kind of insulting Jason by no. saying he makes dubstep. But it's I it's it was it's I feel bad now that we had to be like John. This is dubstep. <laughs> like this is this is I've, we had to like I've heard dubstep. Dude, I know. I just I didn't know that that was. I actually thought that was the music they made for the game. Like <laughs> everything else about it was crazy. It would be great if it one. had like annoying dubstep. To, like, but I didn't. I didn't know for the who, actual soundtrack. Yeah. That would be that would be awesome. So, yes. Dragula in there as well, maybe. Oh, God. So yes, I've, I've heard dubstep. But I didn't know who Skrillex was, and I'm glad I don't. Because maybe, maybe that'll be your punishment if you die in the game. The dubstep. Who was I talking to? Was do it you? Like Google I was saying, it. like how dubstep like you know disgusting basically and like such like a horrible you know like it's not even music and then someone was like people thought that about like rap like 20 years ago or something and it's like oh i guess who i'm just that? old i forget who i guess it wasn't you i wasn't i thought that. it was you yeah what no wait i don't think it was <laughs> no i would not i don't think i would have taken that dubstep is going to be looked at just like any other weird stupid fad in music 20 years later people are going to be like what the fuck were we thinking with dubstep but that thought is chilling. Like the Isn't fact it? that the, the fact that it could be mm. possible that dubstep actually is meaningful to somebody, like, like hip hop, right? And we're just <laughs> too old to actually recognize it, and we're just like, "What is this fucking garbage?" Yeah, what is it's this? It all crap? sounds the I, same. I promise you, it's gonna go in the same area as like Marilyn Manson and just like weird crap <laughs> gothy kids in high school listen to. Mm. It'll be okay. I hope it goes to a area well, well beneath Marilyn Manson. Well, yeah, I mean, it should go into an area with like the Spin Doctors or something. <laughs> I mean, well, it's kind of a different class, right? No, but it's like you hear that music, and well, what's okay? What about like with hard, hard, hard? Yeah, yeah, maybe like, more like 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 late nineties 
kind of uh, um, mellowed rock. out. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, grungy. Yeah, it's, it's like Starbucks rock. Mark, in the box. Mark I thought yeah. we were short on time today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Did I, did I mention we were short on time? The voice of reason. Yeah. I better stop my... Yeah, well I was going to sing my way through the entire Candlebox catalog, but I'll stop it there. All right, rounding out the cast and uh, thankfully joining us, even yes. though we weren't sure if he was, was going close. to make it, mm-hmm. but the project uh, has not happened or yeah. fell through, but he might disappear halfway through this. You have to run yeah. translating like a superhero, <laughs> like a translating superhero. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan has his trans- translating superhero suit. On, wears it every day yep. underneath. I do. Under it's a little scary. Only uh, a few people in the world have seen it. Brendan, Hanoi Jane, Pritchard. <laughs> Hanoi Jane? Hanoi Jane? You guys don't know. You're, you're going to have to explain this one. So Jane Fonda, really? yeah. who like went to visit... Oh boy, I better not fuck this up. Like <laughs> Vietnam, yeah. Uh, around or during... It was seen, very much seen as like a sympathizer. Uh-huh. I see. Uh, during that conflict. Yeah. So, um, for people who are too young at this table to know, there was a conflict in Vietnam. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, okay. My, my, my father right, was a part of sure. that. It was a lot of. Qu- it was a little quiet. Um, <laughs> Your brother was a part of that. My father was. Oh, okay. Vietnam. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so he dropped bombs. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can't. Well, I can't say anything. Um, so anyway, yes. So she was. She was ridiculed as this like kind of apologist and sympathizer with the enemy. Well, now I know where this is going. <laughs> where is this going? Uh, I am a huge fan of Vietnamese sandwiches. I will defend Vietnamese sandwiches. And nothing against Vietnamese sandwiches, but I, you, what did you say about Vietnamese sandwiches? I, they were the greatest sandwiches in the world, or something. Like That's that. yeah, what yeah, you yeah. said. Is it me, or do they <laughs> kind of smell like trash? What? It did, did kind of smell, you know, uh, that this is, is like not even suitable for yeah. the air. It did kind of sa- smell like a big fart <laughs> walked wait, in the room wait, when wait, that wait. Vietnamese sandwich came what? in. Oh, why? Oh, because you got a Vietnamese sandwich. No, Tony brought Tony one. Tony brought one in. Oh, okay. I didn't get one personally. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought JJ had gas and I was like, oh, wait, Tony brought food. I, don't, <laughs> I, only, I only fart in the office when nobody's here. All right. <laughs> Thanks for ruining JJ. my experience here. Come on. But yes, I'm a very big fan of Vietnamese sandwiches. Back in California, there's a restaurant, a restaurant chain called Lee's Sandwiches that are based on Vietnamese sandwiches. Really Really great, great shit. You should try it if you're in California. All right. And that's well, it. speaking of Vietnamese sandwiches, um, John, <laughs> yeah. you played Final Fantasy Dimensions. Yeah. Let's get into what games we've been playing real fast, and then we okay. have a lot of news. So, um, well, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about it yet. Final Fantasy Dimensions is this sort of this this came out in Japan as Final Fantasy Legends, like for cell phones here, mm-hmm. and uh, which they probably changed the name because we already had Final Fantasy Legend. But um, that makes sense. It's like a it's like a anniversary edition, like classic, you know, eight sixteen bit esque graphics version of Final Fantasy, sort of based on the Final Fantasy V job system. Supposed to be like, you know, an anniversary tribute, like throws classic in lots combat. of lots of classic combat, From classic visuals. Lot, well, all, not as all good as made an RPG visuals. maker. That's kind of what it feels <laughs> <Probably>. like. <laughs> But yeah, it's basically like supposed to be a big nod to the old games in the series. Um, lots of references to like specific scenes in different games, actually. Like, you know, like you, you've seen like this almost exact scene before to kind of induce nostalgia or whatever. Um, the problem is, my problem with it, I only played the free prologue. You can download a free prologue, then there's like you buy chapters. To buy the entire game costs $29, first of all, Ouch, which okay. is ridiculous because it For is not. Game. 
It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's see, for patently this, absurd this for this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can understand, like, you know, it, I'm, I'm not totally against Squares charging a lot for some of their games. I think sometimes it's BS, but sometimes I think there's something to be said for them trying to, like, not mm-hmm. let the bottom fall. Oh, I'm right. curious. You know? right. I would agree. I'm curious to see how much money they're making off of doing stuff like that. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I saw The World Ends With You was, like, in the top, you know, ranked games on the Japan store today. So, and that's, like, the $18 grossing, or something. Game so, yeah. So, revenue. I mean... Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. this game basically, you know, is meant to induce nostalgia and like make you feel fondly for the old Final Fantasy games. And I didn't enjoy the prologue. Now, once you get into the past the prologue, that's when the job system actually opens up. So I didn't even get to that part yet. So, but I mean, just the basics of this feel very much like JJ said. Like somebody basically, they put like three guys, square put three guys in the basement, three like college kids, and were like, "Here's some old Final Fantasies. Now you make one." Like they took the Final Fantasy <laughs> like together. garage kit and Maybe like just a computer. It they just doesn't look good. A computer. It sounds case. good actually. The music is really good, but it doesn't look very good. Like I think the the Super Nintendo games looked better. Dude, the uh, art is. Pretty the writing is bad. Now, I don't know if that's because the Japanese was bad or the English is just poorly translated, whatever. But it's just boring. Like, you know, if you're going to take your classic series crystals? and put out an anime, there are, that's intentionally there are crystals. Yeah, okay. it's meant to be like an old school, ah, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's like four warriors, there's crystals, there's the summon spells. <sighs> the thing is, like, it, does, it doesn't look very good. Um, it doesn't, you know, the story's kind of dumb. Um, it just feels very cheap to me. And that's not like a bad thing. It doesn't have it's to be a bad thing. No, no, it doesn't have to. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, it is, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a bad it's thing. It's a steaming pile of shit, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. I know, thing. Let, let me finish if though. it's in a toilet. All right, This all will right. make sense. The thing is, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if it was just like, you know, this cents. B-level game. Oh. If it was like, Two dollars, right? But it's right. twenty nine dollars, sure, sure. And you know, it's also an anniversary tribute, which to me is like insulting. It's like you're supposed. This is the game that's supposed to be for the fans, the people who really like old Final Fantasy. It's what not gener- as good as any of the old ones. What the, what's the anniversary? The twenty twenty fifth, twenty five years. Okay. So anyway, then I went online and I was you know reading about it and taking part in the gaff thread conversation. And a couple people there and on Twitter were like, "It's a mobile game." And to right. me, it was originally designed for right. cell phones. So in don't, other words, like don't apply like, your yeah. real game expectations. To right. It. And that kind of apologist thinking is not allowed, I think, because Agreed. we are in an right. era where mobile games are front and center. And again, it's twenty nine dollars. If it right. was a two dollar mobile game, you are, could have that argument. There mm-hmm. are RPGs even made by Square Enix themselves that look better and are more modern. Chaos Rings yeah. looked better than that. And, and maybe the, the best point is not everybody who buys the game, it doesn't say big on the little icon when you go to the App Store, this was originally a mobile right. game, lower your expectations. Right. Right. In fact, quite the opposite. You see a $30 game, you think, and oh, it's got and Final you see Fantasy. Final Fantasy and right. Anniversary. You expect this was this. a legit console experience that has now been perfectly customized for my Touchtronic device. Right. But no... Yeah, so I'm pretty disappointed with that. I, I do need to play more. Again, I've only played the free part, but I mean, right. that should be enough to hook you. That's the part that's supposed of to course. make you right. be like, I want to play this. Sure. And, you know, it bums me out that big companies like those guys are have these awesome properties mm. and, and reasons to put money and effort into these things, and then they're not. Mm. Well, maybe you're in happier news. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, Super Hexagon came from, out today. Yes. Terry Cavanaugh's game. He's the guy who made V V V V V V V V V V V V V It's it's awesome. It's only a dollar. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's really simple. Super simple. You basically. Well, it's simpler than that, though. VV is. I said it the exact right number. I think the way you're supposed to say it is actually V's, according to like the website or something. Anyway, that game. No, it's not. That's way simpler than that game. That game is like a simple but awesome like Metroid style platformer. But this is like. Right. 
But I mean, it's super simple and super awesome. Yeah, it's got great chiptune music. It's got you basically you're just like this little arrow, and you're in like you're this like hexagon is like basically you're always moving forward, and the hexagon's kind of moving around you. And it's a like a tunnel, and you are basically just with like left and right only. It? You're just moving your arrow like which moves around like the circumference of a circle. Yeah. You're just moving it to sort of avoid the walls that are coming in on this on the hexagon. So you're like sort mm-hmm. of like navigating a maze that's. Like um, tempest you're going to into Ima- imagine uh, imagine a tunnel where yes. like there are uh, lining the walls are these like laser beams that are closing in on you you're yes. always in the middle and of the so, screen and, 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 yeah. and, oh okay and, okay, okay. and, and well, there will always be one part of the wall that is empty and doesn't I have see. like one of those crazy lasers so you're oh, aiming okay. for that one now part to and, go then you, it. and you go there and then it just keeps I'm making like a jerking off motion here but yeah. <laughs> it keeps like closing in on you <laughs> okay I got it. Super simple, but it's got great music and it's really good. And I want to say like one thing about that guy that I realized with this game now is he, you should play it and try it and also play V's and then, you know, do you remember that part in that game where I spent like an hour on that one part where you have to like go up like 10 screens, avoiding all these spikes and then come back down. It's really famous. I forgot what it's called, but it's a part of that game. It's Mm -hmm. like a famous, like super hardcore thing. And when you finally accomplish it, you have this like amazing, like Zen feeling like you just did, like (laughs) you were like a wizard. This whole game is basically based on that feeling, I think. Like, the whole entire time, you're basically trying to get into this, like, zen, you know, mode of, like, navigating. Where you're, like, threading the needle, kind of like like uh, that part in Mega Man 2 where the things are closing in and you're barely, like, hitting. Yes. You're like moving the down screens, yeah. but barely, right, right, like, right. like, threading the needle. Yes. Right. Because yes. the, game, exactly. the game, the That's way you. Good. That will count for this week's, like, video game sound effect. <laughs> The way the game scores you is entirely just time. It's like basically how long you can stay okay. alive. And so like my best game so far was only like 35 seconds or something. But it's like, you know, the, oh, damn. Wow. it's really, 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 really feels good. It's so like it's a little zen. jolt game. It's not a, a longer, bigger thing like v- 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 v. No. it's a it's a right. little jolt like, cannonball. It's like just take a shot. Yeah, take there, a line. there are at least, I think, six stages. Like each one is harder. The second one from the first one is hard enough. The second one is like insane. It's like all these kind of like strange, you know, shapes to go around and everything. And if you beat the, the first three levels, I think you unlock three more. Mm. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. It's mm. really good though. And it's only a dollar right now. Yeah. So I would try it. Mm. The uh, real price I think is like two ninety nine. So if you get it now, it's on sale. So, Oh, I see. yeah. Oh, Super cool. hexagon. It came out today or actually yesterday when you're hearing this, uh, on iOS. It'll so, probably be featured or something. Hmm. Um, and still playing Dragon Quest Ten. We probably mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about that much this week. We'll check in on it after cool. a while, especially now that, uh, well, it was announced that the Wii U version is going to be shown at Tokyo Game Show. It's going to be so good. Well, information yes. on the Wii U version will be at Tokyo Game oh, Show. Oh, they didn't but say that oh. it, it's it's I mean, going to be there? The, the wording they use is Joho information. Oh. So, But oh, I do okay. think I do think they're probably going to sometimes That sometimes has screenshots and, and trailers. It has yeah. to. But they'll probably mm. come up and be like, it's still being made. It has to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even if they just announced the release date, that, that that would be really annoying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would I hope it's going to be close to launch. You know that if you think about the timing mm. of TGS, that's two days after the Nintendo event when they are presumably going to announce the launch date. Yeah. Right. Right. Or at least right. in America, anyway. So maybe that maybe at that point at TGS they could say. I hope it's whether or not. That'd be cool. Question is, will it come out in the West? I doubt Unlikely. it. Unlikely. Really? I wanted to, but I doubt it. They have. To, I figured they have to to make their money back on that game. I feel like, or to really like, it's so much money sitting there with an MMO business model. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, it's a tough nut to crack. Indeed. The game is super packed, man. Like when you go on at night, it's just like the, every service, 40 servers, and they're all like full. Oh, really? The wow. weird thing is, like, what were their sales expectations then? Because I mean, it sold. For an MMO, it sold like six hundred thousand, probably or something. Sure, close to that by now. But 
if that's filling their servers, like, I mean, for a Dragon Quest title, that's relatively low. So, well, they doubled the servers in like the first week. So, I think right. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but mm. we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, JJ, I don't know if you've been playing Dota 2 or just watching. Actually, probably more watching than the international. <laughs> Dude, it was so good. Did you watch uh, Gabe Newell present a shield? Yes. The Aegis. <laughs> the Aegis of, of the Immortal. Of the, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Such a nerd. It's the, wow. It's the item you get when, <laughs> no, you beat, I, when you kill Roshan. It allows you to uh, <laughs> resurrect yourself after you've been killed. I was, uh, yeah, I, I only looked at like uh, the patch. Come on, Mark. <laughs> the, the patch report had like a little photo. Photo uh, exhibit on the international thing, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in that scene that that many people play it. I I gave it a shot again, again only like a two minute yeah shot, and just absolutely could not grok it. Just like I, I have to get you guys down. I know sit down. I need like a guided like, tour. Or I need to actually watch. They put up these videos, yeah. like profiling. T- I need to. I need to give that stuff a shot because all I did I was watching again. It was random, but I tuned into a live stream and they happened to be doing player selection. Yeah, which I'd seen before. It's, it's very that, slow. It's slow, but it's very important. But it's also something if you don't know the characters and the, boring as shit. And the announcers aren't explaining well why yeah. these picks are and bands are being made. Then it's right. kind of like well. What do I? Well, they were saying a lot, and they were very excited about the stuff. But to me, it was just like you know, little icon appearing. Right. Well, the the problem I think right now with Dota two announcing is that they they are more tuned for an audience that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, because so there's enough people to they, support them that do actually already right. know the game. They use a lot of shorthand and right. just stuff that you know if. You know who's gonna know what a BKB is? Like well, what? Right. Praise Rosha or whatever. Ro- Rosha. Uh, I just realized I don't think I've ever even seen this game. Like as much really? as we talked about it, I don't even know wow. what it looks like. I don't think I've ever seen a single oh, screenshot God, of Dota. So good. Well, imagine uh, Dota. Uh huh. That, that was the end. With <laughs> uh, That was the end of it. Um, yeah. Uh, but I have played pretty much that. I, I did play uh, two games. Mario Dota one. I've never seen that. No, game. I didn't play that one. No. I played that uh, new Mario game with the coins. It's okay. And uh, <laughs> a thanks, rousing Grandpa. review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a game that they released a demo for after the latest Nintendo Direct. Um, oh, what yeah. Was it? Uh, Harmonite. 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 Yeah, Harmonite. And John, I guess you played it as well. I did, yeah. Game with Freak, Pokemon People. Yeah, oh, that one. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really hard. It's a super hardcore game. When playing it, it made me feel like Game Freak is like desperate to make something other than pokemon so like every time they get a chance <laughs> they, they just go total hardcore with it i th- yeah i mean they you know they did uh drill dozer every once in a while they'll do, they'll let them out of their cage to <laughs> to do something other than pokemon but so what is it it's like a side scrolling musical like sort of side scrolling it's like a music game it's almost kind of I, I don't know how many people rhythm. played wind up night but it's like wind up night Mm. With the rhythm, right. rhythm, rhythm-based mechanics, right? It's like rhythm. wind-up night meets like theater, theater rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, for people who didn't play wind-up night, what, what does that mean? It's like uh, auto-scrolling, get- right? Yeah, okay. auto-scrolling, side-scroll, auto-side-scrolling, like dude who can jump and swing his sword, basically. And you're basically hitting musical notes, I guess they are, that are on the field in front of you that you know go in tune with the music. But then there's Somebody described it as having the hard mode like built into the game. Like there's also built into the normal mode. Like there's also stuff in the background you can hit as yes. well. Oh, so like that's not mandatory. That's not mandatory. That's that's oh. the extra stuff. Like you can hit the stuff in the background as well for like extra music to make yourself do even better than normal. Um, it's very hardcore. Mm. And um, the the I, I 
it's made by a European dude. The director yeah. of the game <gasps> is a white guy what? from, I believe, England or something. I don't want to say good things about yes. this game. I love them too. It's really good. I really like it. I definitely want to play more. I think it's going to be a little too hard. Like it seems like a game that it I would is, get pretty it is, frustrated. You know, it kind quick. of reminds me of uh, Space Channel Five and its difficulty. Like really, I didn't find Space Channel Five some, to be that hard. Really, I thought yeah. it was can still, you adjust you the difficulty? Al- yeah, just the difficulty. Not any. I mean, any can other. you adjust it? Oh no, no, no. Are you going along to what the music is, or are you there creating a- the music as you are? Um, it's a little bit of both. The music things. is happening. You want to match up with it, basically. Like okay. the music doesn't like slow down and wait for you or anything. So if anything, the music is a cue to when you should best right. swing. But the right. Sound that is why, in, in a sense, it's also like rhythm heaven in that the way. The sound effects mm. do add to the music, though. I oh really? Like rhythm heaven. It yeah, is, like if you, for example, like mm-hmm. there could be something on the ground, and if you act uh, a music note or something, I forget what it is, and if you hit this particular one, it shoots up in the air and hits another one that you couldn't have hit otherwise. Therefore, you're going to get more of the music like in right. tune than you would have I otherwise. Well, that's a good, um, I think, pl- place to segue uh, into the uh, Nintendo Direct, Direct. Uh, that happened. Oh, that's where they showed this for the first time. Yeah. Right? This also, by it. the way, one thing real quick, too. It has Pokemon music in it, too. And I don't know yes. if you remember the old Locked. Pokemon music. It's awesome. Like, the old Pokemon battle music is like the music for one of the stages in the demo. Really? Know? So, yeah. God, I feel like I was like, where is this music it's from? It's so but good, maybe I yeah. Guess it is the so did this come out in uh, America as well? I think so. What, I know the, the game? Yeah. No, well, I just don't. the demo. Really? I think so. Well, you know, Chris Kohler was talking about it. Maybe he was just using it. He a has Japanese. a Japanese one. Yeah, it yeah. came out in Japan, like, officially. I think this it's out now in Japan, like, officially. But the demo came out last week. Oh, uh, But did? I don't know. Yeah, it came out, like, yesterday. But I don't I know if the sure. if the U.S. version is out or not. Really? You're going to? Okay. So that's, yeah, that's out. It came out uh, September 5th, 1800 right. yen. I have 800 mm-hmm. yen on my account, so. Okay. Eight worlds, over 50 stages. There's an Awada asks up in Japanese, at least. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that kind of brings us into the Nintendo Direct, which is, uh, was a, you know, as Nintendo Directs go, they can't all be blockbusters. This one was, yeah. they announced uh, beforehand, not going to cover Wii U, so. Mm-hmm. Which is um, smart. Because I'm sure a lot of people of would have been like, yeah, oh, no, that's true. Mm. It is smart that they said that. Yeah. It was a downer, though, when we heard that, though. It's like, oh, well, A little okay. bit. But, yeah, you got to set expectations. Um, so, let's see. Mostly 3DS, really. They said Wii and 3DS, but the only Wii announcement was they talked a little bit about uh, Dragon Quest X. Yeah, right, right. Mm. This time Iwata was on a mountain. That's right. Well, he was, he was in front of him. You know, the, what's the thing in Kyoto, the festival Daimonji. they have every year? Uh, yeah. The festival? The, the Daimonji. Yeah, he was basically in front of the Daimonji. They it's kind of that. a famous thing, but they, they ignite a giant character for big. Kanji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kanji for big <laughs> mm-hmm. on a mountain. And it looks really fucking cool. It does cool. look really yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yes, he was in front of that. He talked about a lot of random shit at first. Um, it was kind of funny to see him. Uh, president of like one of the most powerful companies in video <laughs> yeah. games, like opening and displaying <laughs> a Kirby like a keepsake he, CD holder, yeah, like Vanna White. Totally, like look, look, look at all this. Look, it right, like right. a daytime TV infomercial. <laughs> you have to host. say, like, wait, Iwata is like the most lovable CEO. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's and, called Iwachi. Yeah, there you go. Iwachi. <laughs> That's very cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you know, it's like, well, what do you do? Do you break away to like some spokesmodel who's <laughs> showing it, or like a CG Kirby showing Just, it? Some poor guy 
guy like laying on the ground, like giving him things. Yeah. I do think that would be a good idea, though, to have like a, a hot woman walk out like a model and you know, I, show the thing or whatever and then I keep walking. It's know. probably best to just keep it focused to keep <laughs> yeah. it a while. And apparently he yeah. likes doing it. So yeah, really? loves, yeah. Yeah. And as somebody who has appeared in, you know, <laughs> videos that were videos. planned by other people, uh, <laughs> I, I do have some sympathy for him. But uh, it is getting funny to be like, well, what? Will he yeah. not do? Right. <laughs> uh, well, he had that giant Kirby doll too that like yeah. took up half the screen. For right. Like a yeah. <laughs> no, and he'll just be talking. You know, he's talking about like, oh, so how many levels does you know, I, anyway? <laughs> he does everything basically mm-hmm. uh, in these videos. So what else was? Uh, newsworthy out of this. I think Animal Nintendo Crossing Direct. was probably. I mean, Animal we got Crossing. a good look at it for the first time. And probably. Yeah, well, that's your collection. Yes. So, you'll never get to play. Hop, hop, hop. Uh, Animal Crossing, uh, November eighth in Japan, forty eight hundred yen. Um, you can exchange textures via QR codes. Yep. Uh, you decide what shops to build, change store hours, etc. Hmm. Um, it looks like they're adding a lot more simulation into this game than before. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like that you're actually going to have to manage things. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it's becoming more micromanaging, which Animal- is kind of concerning. No, Crossing, that's good. And it visually looks very similar still. They right? haven't changed. It looks yeah. like the first Animal Crossing. It looks a little better. It looks it a little does, different. They have changed the graphics, John. We have thought about this before. <laughs> Barely. I mean, Barely. Dude, it is definitely, definitely different. Barely. Because I mean, about it. It was on the Nintendo 64. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why yeah. I'm And upset. exactly why it's But like it looks totally like... Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. But the I, screenshots to for yourself. Animal Crossing is like Pokemon to me, though. I, I actually skipped the last two. Like, I basically play like every third or so, so I'm about ready to give it another that's shot, That's a smart way to go about mm-hmm. it. Because they're too similar. Like this, yeah. But, yeah, you know, it looks it looks interesting. Hopefully with the 3DS functionality and Street Pass and, you know, yes. uh, like internet Pass would make really it really good. Hopefully good. I can't wait to see all like the crazy Kurogyaru uh, uh, um, in Shibuya's like crazy ass leopard print houses and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say wow. Kurogyaru? Yeah. Kogyaru? Kogyaru, Gyaru, okay. whatever. Gangro. Speaking <laughs> of. Yamamba. Yes. Gangro. <laughs> Professor Layton's final adventure. Oh my god. That's what they said, but yeah. I think they yep. just mean in this like t- timeline. They, they, they did for that the 3DS. They did the exact same thing with mm-hmm. the third, the first yeah, trilogy, right? Because this is the sixth one now. So mm-hmm. yes, uh, CEO of Level Five, Akihiro Hino, introduced the game, teased a bit of in-game footage, and yes, it looks like Professor Layton, as Joystick points out. Uh, <laughs> Girlfriends of the world, you finally have a new game to play. But. That is sexist. so sexist. <laughs> I'm just wow. saying. Terrible. Everybody I know that plays you this game. You are an awful human. <laughs> I want to distance this entire podcast <laughs> and A4 and everything hey. about it. Direct all yeah. inquiries, complaints, anything to their last comments to Don't tell me you RSK. Don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. Dude, I have no fucking idea. You do know what I'm talking about. I'm going to send a complaint to you. Seriously. Send it across the table. Seriously. I can't wait to hear them. Seriously. Bring it. Come at me, bro. Come at me, sis. <laughs> so nothing on a Western uh, release, but yes, there was that. Then there was uh, Tomodachi. come over eventually. Yeah, you never know. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, uh, Tomodachi Collection, which... That was, was the highlight of the conference, I think. Yeah, man, DS that game looks game crazy. Like four, and now this is the 3DS version, which doesn't really have a proper name yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, so real fast, super nutshell, JJ, you played it too. What, what is it exactly? Um, basically, I mean, it's, 
I'll I mean, answer this for you. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it's me, the game. And that's yeah. M-I-I, mm-hmm. yeah, the game. Right. It's basically mm-hmm. a way to play with your me's. It's a dollhouse. Yes. Yeah, it's a dollhouse. With, for your me's. They interact with each other. Yeah, they fall in love with each other. Yeah. There you go. They, they break they'll have, up. They'll have babies now, and apparently you can be like a teacher. I don't know. And they so, talk. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. talk. They, they sing. sing mm-hmm. they, sing, they dance. Different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get jobs in the little town. You walk around mm-hmm. and you see different people interacting on their own. They have a little life of their own. So it's kind mm-hmm. of this little... It's kind of like you say a dollhouse, but also like an ant farm. Like Shenmue. Mm-hmm. For your me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like Jeez. to point out that JJ just made sexist comments, but now is really excited about playing with dolls. Yeah. The game is interesting. You're a horrible person. You are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, people were excited about this, and they didn't show what I think is supposed to be the killer uh, feature of it, really, this time, I don't think, which mm. is having bebes. 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 And that... Uh, uh, presumably look like whoever the two people are yeah. who yeah. had it. Although if it uses the stunning 3DS, like me creation oh technology, Uh-oh. it's going to be horrifying. Yeah. Cere- uh, as I call it, the cerebral palsy of Tron <laughs> oh. 9000. It does make any, everybody look a little birth defective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing against birth defects. But that thing takes real pictures and mixes them, right? This thing yeah. would no, presumably no. take your me's. No, exactly. Right. right. But, but yeah, but I'm just saying, well, I, I I hope so. That would be really because that would be really cool. You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, you know, just to see what a JJ's baby looks mother-in-law like. and like the Joker from the Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, my wife last baby. in the last game. My wife got married to Jackie Chan. So. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You want to talk about that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark dark part of yeah. my life. I was going to say. This is before she went on her Dragon's Dogma adventures. Yeah. <laughs> she got over it that way. Um, AKB48 and me. Yes. Yeah, who cares? Right. We can put Brendan in the front and center of an AKB concert. Oh, my God. Why? Brendan dream come true. I don't know. Brendan likes karaoke. Yeah. I like karaoke. I don't like AKB. (laughs) It would be funny. JJ Genpa Ningen RPG 2. I need to beat the first one. Uh, Coming September 26th, 1,000 yen. Jesus, that's like the day after my birthday. Capture allies via (laughs) AR camera. (laughs) I'm just reminding you guys. Um, demo with save carryover <laughs> coming soon. That's kind of cool. Demo with carry save. Yes. Well, that, they do that with the first one too, which is great. And yeah. a lot of 3DS games do that, which is really wonderful. Yes. You were a fan of the first one. Did that yep. come out in, in the West? I believe I it did. Wait, really? I think recently. I think, I think just maybe recently. it did. Yeah. Huh. Um, Art Academy 3DS, they made a big deal of that. Uh-huh. What else? That's basically it. There's like pink 3DS LL. Yes. And then the big finish. But one more thing. Yes. Monster Hunter 4, a silhouette of something. <laughs> the new weapon. <laughs> Which I cor- correctly predicted as like a staff. It what? is a staff. It is. But I did not predict it'd be not, crazy. Nobody ever yes. could have predicted plus what it does. alpha, as yes. we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. That is much more than a plus alpha. That is what it actually is. It's a plus bug. Which we're going to go nuts on <laughs> this because bug. we are like uh, the official... Not yeah. official. By the official way, during the, inter- <laughs> during the international, I was watching a game in the client, and there were people who, I guess, listened to A4 play and were like, why don't you guys ever talk about Dota? If it was like Monster Hunter Dota, you guys would talk about it all the time. We talk about Dota? We talk about Dota more than every other podcast. <laughs> that that is true. 50. <laughs> anyway, back to talking <laughs> Not about Not that I've Monster ever Hunter. seen it before, but we yeah. still do. Let's talk about Monster Hunter. Okay, so who wants to explain what this um, hunting insect, quote unquote, I think this is coming from Andrea Sang. Yes. Was exactly. Uh, well, it was in, a, also in Famitsu, so the details came out about it later. 
JJ, you've probably read like more specific things about it than I have, but what I can say from what I've seen is it's essentially like a staff, like a wooden, like long wooden sort of spear-like staff that has bugs or a bug like attached to it. You could basically send out an insect, like one of those bugs that you fight in actual Monster Hunter games, Mm. to bite monsters, I guess, and like mm-hmm. suck out their juices or whatever. Suck and depending juice. on like, I think it is depending on like where you bite or what you bite or whatever, you will get different. Um, it brings back uh, like a different uh, power up. Like your attack might go up, right. your defense might go up. <laughs> um, and then... So you mark the, I'm just interjecting yeah. stuff. Uh, you mark the target monster. Right. Oh, I see. In a number of different ways, I guess. You can call different insects or... That I don't know. Have I don't it do know. different yeah. things. So you can mark the spot that you want. Yeah, like like I biting think it's the just one insect. Oh, okay, you're right. Mm-hmm. What he brings back is different. So right. it's one. I think biting the head or like biting the tail could bring back a different I result. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So the quote unquote energy the insect sucks up is called ex. The property it strengthens is indicated by its color. White increases your speed. Red increases your attack strength. Green increases your vitality. Orange increases your defensive strength. And the hunting insects are capable of jumping. So they might be able to reach areas that aren't accessible by you. Wait, don't they fly? I thought they flew. Yeah, I, I thought they, they flew too. You know, the bug, it, the bug does fly. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, what Anoop's he's translation about. is kind of wrong. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. I love you, Anoop. But um, actually, they call it ex, and that's um, if you say it in Japanese, it's exu, which is ekisu. Yeah, which is because uh, in fluid. Japanese, exu yeah. is fluid, so they suck ah, out the fluid. There you go. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know if they actually call it ex in the thing, but ex. yeah, ex. Yeah. It's in the game. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then um, there's also like a couple new monsters. Well, a new monster. Right. They Goa- showed another new monster. Goa yeah. Magra. Who looks awesome. He's like um, this black. I don't know how to. He reminded me a little bit of. Uh, his, his head kind of looks like a penis. He reminded me a little bit of like Nicaragua. Uh, what was his name? Narga Kuga. Narga Kuga, But yeah. slightly different. Um, and like dark and dark blue. And they show his armor too. They show armor sets for these new monsters. And the armor in this game looks fantastic like yeah dude they finally was, made new armor for everyone it looks like and yeah. it, so far all of it looks awesome it looks I, really I good say we were looking at it before the podcast in the Femitsu magazine that, that that had this and uh by monster hunter armor standards which granted you is like a trained eye yeah right it's acquired taste but it it's actually looks starting to look kind of it actually looks different right yeah. it, it, it's a little more stylized there's definitely a design shift from an outside perspective people will be like what the hell are you talking about almost like, like a little more like an anime style influence or something yeah, to it really? there's like more there's, there's a lot of mecha influence this time mm, yeah mm. That's honestly true. like though if you think about like somebody's job is to design that monster hunter armor how much there's been up until now designing new stuff like it's got to be fucking really hard yeah mm. that's true so it's cool that they're they're doing something i'm quote unquote new but new for for fans we'll see it as a little bit different right and they announced that it'll be playable at tgs yes so there's going to be a demo there you're going to be able to fight uh uh, Tigrex, you're gonna be able to fight that new monster, or I think Go Great Jaggy. Great Jaggy's back. Um, <laughs> the uh, they also yeah, talking about these cool step actions where like Zelda like yes. jumps, where you just yeah. find height differences in the land. You can run through these to make your character jump and attack in the air. While in midair, you can perform attacks. So how is this different from how it was? You didn't always have to push a button to jump off a cliff if you were going into another no, area. No, you would just run off. Yeah. 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 But any jump. kind of jumping like mechanic before, though, was automatic, like entirely. Right. Like, for example, even when you're like running back to Moga Village, there's that little cliff you'd auto jump over. Right. But like you couldn't do anything while you were jumping. And oh. there, it's it like served, a canned it's, animation. It served no actual purpose. But right. here, like right. when you're jumping, you can actually, actually attack. attack. You can do certain right. things while you're in the And you'll be jumping, jumping from platform to platform, as you saw in the uh, right. The, demo video or whatever. Right, because in the other Monster Hunters, it was always 
in general, they were just flat areas. There was yes. no, I mean, there, there, there were arenas, but right. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was the last thing they showed for the Nintendo direct. Yep. That was the big finish was even just the silhouette of the, of a new weapon was a, was big news. Um, and then Famitsu blew it out a few days later. Yes. And so now we're only apparently one week. That's why we'll be back next week. We're only a week away from the next big Nintendo conference. And this is apparently like the big one. Like they're going to announce the price and the yeah. release date, presumably in the U.S. In the the US on the 13th. The big mm-hmm. Mamba Chamba. So yeah. we don't know like for Japan if it will be like last time. I think we talked about this already. They did a conference that was timed. To kind of coincide with the New York morning, which was the afternoon of the day before in Japan. Right. It happened a little bit earlier, but uh, they did say that there will not be a conference, a.k.a. like a press conference in Japan in September centered on the Wii U. Mm. But I think a lot of people misinterpreted that as there will not be anything uh, in Japan announcing anything. Right. They could still do, like, the language used would still allow for, like, a Nintendo Direct. That's what I think it's going to be. Right. I think it's going to be a Nintendo Direct. There's no Nintendo like Direct. That. They announced them 24 hours beforehand, so it's I not know. Right. Would know anyway. Yeah. We'll find mm-hmm. out, like, next Wednesday. And there's no way they'd announce it for the U.S. and then just leave Japan hanging for another month. No, so, I think there yeah, will be exactly. events on both sides. Right? Like, you'd, you'd think they would announce the price and date in Japan, if anything, before the price and date right. in America. Speaking of the price and date in America... The uh, Wii U release date and launch bundles outed by distributor. This is a rumor uh, reported on by just about every site on the planet. Um, So, yes, this uh, American company, which is like basically a distributor, video products distributors, they supply products to Amazon, Newegg, Blockbuster, blah, 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 have had a listing for the Wii U, uh, a November 11th release um, with... Three SKUs. Uh, one is two forty nine ninety nine Wii U system, and these are all marked like you know retailer system style. Right. Then right. Wii U system W slash, <laughs> like the width thing at two ninety nine ninety nine, and then Wii U system three forty nine W slash, and that is what do you know three forty nine. So wait, what does difference? that mean? Wii U well, it doesn't say what the difference is, but it's it's implying that hey, maybe there could be. Different bundles for the Wii U, yes. a la pretty much most other consoles. Do True. you guys want to take a guess at what the bundles will be? So one thing, one thing before we do that, mm-hmm. I would like a listener, if they would be so kind, to <laughs> go back <laughs> through and- the archives. We were talking about this recently. I yes. don't think any of us actually remember exactly. I'm pretty sure me and you, Mark, said yes. 300 and John said 249. I, I, think- I said 252, I think. Yeah. I think. That might be it. But anybody, somebody go back and Think. find it. I'm not sure. Because we're too lazy. <laughs> yeah. um, Let us but, and this happened. We talked about it twice, actually. So you did yes. find both. The right. first time is the, is the uh, well, yeah, both times. Why not? While we're making people do our work for us. Yeah. <laughs> so what do people think? Like, could this be a standalone version, then a bundled with game, bundled with second controller and game. Nintendo doesn't strike me as a bundle company. I I would, I mean, uh, you know, nothing at this point would surprise me anymore. So if it happens, it happens, but they just don't strike me as somebody to put out three different SKUs of a new product. Like it just seems like there would do everything possible to not confuse the market. So Mm. I imagine them releasing one SKU. But they've never had a system with a controller that was like this expensive. That's true. The NES had 
tons of different. <laughs> not at launch. Though. At launch, there was one. Well, I at mean, launch, but there was time. the deluxe set, and that was it. But the it, so and but almost every system had either just one or two before, right? And now there's like there's so many. Yeah. So it is a different landscape now, right? Every system has had one or two what? So like uh, configurations. Like back in the day, there was like I mean it was uh, it was more rare to have like the updates were more rare i mean the game pack in might change but the actual like configurations of the systems where now it's like uh this one has you know this hard drive sure sure yeah that. well yeah maybe yeah i mean there's two yeah that's that's true i still don't i mean again that doesn't like strike the me actual as system itself was uh, you know yeah, yeah. a little and, bit different and there's also the issue with the wii u using the old wii controllers whether or not you have those those could be packed in or not depending on who, who you are Most so people may- have maybe a, the wii system w that is actually a fair point i mean i don't again that also doesn't sound like something they would do to me sorry jj but i but i don't think that like but but it's true i mean i guess there is a possibility that they could have some version for people who already are of like 15 we remotes you know from like yeah i'm just and i'm just playing devil's advocate because you know yeah they might maybe they want to get a version out there that's as cheap as possible and this Mm -hmm. is the way Mm -hmm. of their them hedging their bets on that respect the one thing is i don't understand i mean i'm trying to imagine what would be different between the three skews yeah and i have a hard time imagining that because there's a 50 dollar jump between one and two i can't imagine a pack-in game maybe a second controller uh, maybe a pack-in yeah, game and controller. well but even a that's second true. controller that's saying okay a second controller a standalone second controller cannot be too much more than 50 that's true. so right so maybe it's that plus a game or something. I don't know. So yeah, it's like like a two ninety nine is Nintendo and Land game. And then, I don't know. Like it can't just be a game. It, I don't feel like it can't be a controller. I could see there being a two ninety nine with Nintendo Land and then a two forty nine mm. like without. Really, but then you, that's fifty dollars for what's probably a fifty or maybe top sixty dollars. But, but it's game. just. But it's because it's it's perception though, right? Is the 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 fact is then they can say they have a two hundred fifty dollars console. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I, maybe, maybe, maybe so. It's really hard to predict. It used to be a little easier to predict this stuff, but I think since the three DS thing happened, where they really you right. know screwed up big time with the pricing, <laughs> right? Uh, by their own uh, admission, like you know, it seems like now it's kind of harder. It, who knows what could happen? Sure, you know? mm-hmm. but you can be sure that the whole three DS experience is definitely influencing, is going to influence how they launch the Wii U. Maybe. Yeah. Next week is going to be a fucking awesome week. No I kidding, man. Say. It's oh, fucking man. Apple, iPhone 5, <laughs> the Wii U stuff, <laughs> Bears, Packers. <laughs> um, so uh, then also... iPhone 5, not iPhone 6. IPhone in, yeah, yes. definitely iPhone 5. In uh, further news, 3DS news, correct? Uh, Ace Attorney 5 is coming and coming to the West, both the U.S. and Europe. That's confirmed great that they by Capcom. So soon. Yeah, yeah they awesome. actually followed up. I think Kotaku followed up or somebody followed up and actually got that quote, which is awesome. So it's being localized. Um, there's some new facial. It's going to be 3D. Uh, details on the character will be announced at TGS, the new partner character. It's going to be 3D. It's for 3DS. Mm. So, right. And starring Phoenix Wright. No, I, I mean again. 3D as in polygonal. Versus ah, okay. the old hand drawing. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's oh, kind of wow. There's a, I guess there's pictures in here. I missed them. But there's like a facial expression selection system <laughs> that apparently there weren't a lot of details on. But Oh, so something. maybe like if you can glare at your... I, let's not guess. Yeah. Yeah. The information's out there. So <laughs> uh, Capcom to shorten development sales. So this was an interesting little development tidbit. cycles and sales. Yes. Is this the thing about the, the president cycles. said? Development and sales cycles. Yeah, there you um, go. And outsource process work. Is this what's that? Sorry. This is the thing that the president of Capcom was talking about. Yes. Like shortening. Mm-hmm. In like an earnings statement or something came out. Basically, 
Um, they want to teams developing major titles will be limited to 100 members with multiple sequel titles developed at the same time. The idea is to get the this sequels like out faster. <laughs> now, right now, uh, let's see. The updated plan involves a game being released in the first year with DLC support through to the second year and the follow-up game launching two and a half years after the original. So, like, DLC support meaning, like, a sizable expansion or just, like, I mean, what does that even mean? That, I, mean, I think that, well, whatever. Because two and a half years later doesn't sound like every year to me. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I, I don't think it is, actually. Every year there was something mentioned annually, but I could mm. not find it in this revamp. And I didn't actually see this part, but this is on The Verge story. This part is called out. That plan doesn't sound too bad. If it's no. two and a half years and you got first year is supported by yeah. DLC, then you start hearing about the sequel probably mm. halfway into the second that year. Doesn't sound I mean, too Capcom bad. is like That's hardly fine. a stranger to like inducing sequel fatigue. So it's exactly. not like, you know, it really right. doesn't sound any different. I mean, if it, in fact, if they got a little better, that'd be nice. But. Maybe a little worrisome. They are going to hire more staff to take this on. I think they said maybe a thousand people or something, but they said that also... They'll be developing the they're core. They're going to hire a thousand people. Yeah, over Whoa. some number of years. Okay, uh, but they're going to develop the core portions of the project in house, and the process work outsourced out outsourced to outside development companies, which doesn't always work great. But we'll see. Yeah. Japan yeah. seems to be moving more in that direction, though. Sounds, like, yeah. sort of like uh, Smash sounds very Ubisofty. Mm. Uh, speaking of Capcom, Resident Evil Six retail. Apparently, version leaked or was stolen or fell off a truck or something. <laughs> um, above. I think it was a German PlayStation 3 version of the game was out there. Uh, Capcom's investigating it was up on eBay for some crazy price and got taken down. Who who was stupid enough to like be like, hey, I stole this copy? It's probably of the guy, Evil. the guy who put the Xbox development <laughs> he got, kit. This um, is true. He got nothing to lose, man, except for his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it, enough freedom in Germany. One yeah, one interesting thing is, yeah, it's, it's it's the lawless land of Poland. <laughs> That's right. Send your Polish letters. <laughs> I forgot all about Poland. Bring it on, Poland. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Eurogamer also points out yeah they pointed out the person selling it on ebay what i would like to point out something i was talking to a friend of the show ryan payton about he mentioned so they meant they talked about this game going gold like yeah. 10 days before this stolen retail copy showed up yes uh-huh. so it's like did they that's bullshit like they either they announced that late this game's been done for longer than 10 days if there's right. a retail copy in right. poland ebay polish ebay hmm. right it's just kind of weird. Well, I mean, if it goes gold, it takes a month to print all those copies. I'm guessing maybe they got like one of the first well, rounds. Well, it could be that this dude like worked at the plant or something and like took the first one right yeah. off the conveyor belt or something. Ten you know days what I mean? between going gold and retail. It's not. Know. It's not totally unfeasible. She- well, it's not that it was in a store, right? Infeasible. Yeah, Make no one knows. Shin Megami Tensei Four coming to 3DS in 2013. Woo! Yes, get get hyped. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, so wait, there's a 3DS game. Uh, Brendan cares about now. One. Congratulations. Oh, we got one. There we go. Yeah. Um, I lost my Vita, and I, I don't know where it is. It <laughs> well, just reminded seriously? me. Because like, it reminded me that I don't really care, but then I was like, oh, Brendan would care. Uh, yeah, I don't know I where it is. Really I would really care if I lost my Vita. It. It's really, probably really in that bottle of whiskey. <laughs> uh, world, world Ends With You. Some shit happens since our last real yes. podcast. Oh, um, dear. Fan favorite. Uh, so the iOS game, first of all. Yeah, the iOS version of the original game. Yes, yes. Was, was announced, renounced, and released. And then released for like twenty an hour bucks. Later. Yeah, <laughs> it's like boom, there it is. Uh, it has like it's like revamped for the iOS. Um, did anybody know if it's good? 
I hear good, IGN gave it a 9.5. I okay. wanted to buy it, but it sounds good. Games got its fans. I actually, I I had a shrink-wrapped copy of the DS version that I like bought a while ago and never opened. And that, after that announcement, I opened it. It got as far as like... opened it. I keep my I keep my DS in like games in my eyeglass case because like I don't have an actual. Did case, you so get it's the as far, It got as far as my no the English one as far as my eyeglass case and it hasn't gotten out of there yet. Wow. So we'll see. Well, um, so it definitely has its fans. Some people a little disappointed that it was not a sequel. There was like a countdown clock that right. we even assumed was just right. a sequel on this podcast. Japan yeah. and their countdowns, man. <sighs> countdowns just to need countdowns. To stop. <laughs> to countdowns. It basically like and and our friend of the show Brian Gray was tweeting about it and um a little bit of. The the results of the countdown was pretty much leaked through Square Enix's uh, I, I guess their shop because they right listed, they had, uh, right, they listed right. the soundtrack that comes with the iOS version or something right and then Brian said like it's more than a drip than a leak which was like okay then it's actually going to be more than the iOS version there's going to be a sequel blah 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 everybody was really excited yeah countdown happens it's just it snowballed a little bit it's just, mistakes yeah. maybe were made yeah <laughs> that, it was just the iOS version and the death threats came <laughs> um, then come the death threats the internet I, 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 I felt I felt really bad for brian but in the end he's kind of fine he's kind of vindicated because the 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 creator of the series went on to be talk about the sequel yes and in the game itself there is a tease for the sequel so supposedly it was more than a drip than a leak to be uh but i think some valuable pr lessons were probably learned a little bit (laughs) a little bit a little bit um Lollipop Chainsaws ships seven hundred thousand. That's shipped. That's like way more than any other game that they've yes, made, right? And um, they used it to show off a new trailer. And they're still, they're still getting. I'm those really shocked that they girls out there. Too. Yeah, yeah. What? What? The I'm really, person at the time. I'm really shocked that they've sold that much. Oh well, it doesn't it's say how game. much it's sold. To be fair, oh. right? It's just shipped. Oh, it is. The, I think it's the best game they've ever put out, though. I mean, sell, sales wise, the best anything has ever done that Grasshoppers put out. Uh, Dead or Alive 5, I'm not sure if we want to talk about this. It's the uh, Japanese creator talking about that uh, that's how... He's Japanese stupid, but he's right. Like Who cares? <laughs> um, well, I mean, for that series, it's kind of... You expect it, right? Yeah. Um, mm. There's a great story on The Verge uh, about the creation of Double Dragon and the guy who made it, and also Kunio Kun, a.k.a. River City Ransom, yes. and all associated games. Check that out. We can't get too much into it, but I did think that there was one interesting tidbit which was uh that uh he explained the reasons behind making the game it sounded like it was rough home life there were family reasons as well but there was a girl and she dumped me which pulled the trigger wow Um, which i think is interesting because if you remember the beginning of arcade double dragon the girl just gets gut punched (laughs) yeah maria like straight up maria yes gut punched and then thrown over her shoulder wow and then they like wait till everybody to leave to open the garage door but it's just like was it a bobo who did it uh no maybe i don't want to think of a bobo that way yeah what was Um, that lovable it we talked a lot about it, Bobo, Bobo, because of our we have our new intern uh, here in the studio audience, a BB. And That's right. I was like, that is an awesome name. That reminds me of a Bobo, who a was an awesome, kids. like meatball face <laughs> brute. Yes, his, Double Dragon. His face is a meatball. Wow, I think a Bobo might need to be a BB's new nickname. That's that's pretty good. A Bobo. I always say chicken a Bobo because I never. It's like chicken adobo or something. Oh, oh. anyway. I, Guess I see that. Um, yeah, so he's. I mean, this guy's actually working on like new fighting games, and he thinks he's like all fighting games were born out of Double Dragon, and he's pretty hot shit, which is 
kind of really? funny. Really? Like that Super Nintendo Double Dragon you fighting know, game? You yeah. know, respect yeah. in one sense, but also it's kind of, you know, oh, look at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's you so know, cute. You know what was also born out of Double Dragon? Double Dragon and Battletoads. <laughs> but, you know, you know, also Double Dragon came from some other things that oh. came before it as well. I mean, was it was two-player. Great times. I love love the Double game, Dragon. Yeah. All respect Double Dragon. Double Dragon 2, arcade, also great, but... Um, but you know, did you ever get fifty thousand in Double Dragon? Fifty thousand, fifty thousand in Double, double Dragon. Dragon. Wizard quotes. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. Uh, soul sacrifice. Basically, you like rip out parts of your body or ask your multiplayers to do the same <laughs> in this Vita game. Would you hand me your innards, please? To get power ups. Dude, give me your arm. And that's going to be like an interesting mechanic, says creator Keiji Mifune. That is yet to be seen. Uh, that's kind of like I think carrying the Monster Hunter torch for the Vita, yeah. Right now, which uh, I don't know, we'll see how that does. Yeah, I don't know. Falcom announces downloadable release for Legend of Heroes: Sora no Kiseki. So is this? Yay. Does this have? Is, is this basically saying that now Xseed can put the second one out in America, or is that actually? Yeah, I believe the answer is yes. No, I don't think it's saying in America because the problem with this game was that it was a two UMD game originally, and yeah. basically Xseed, you know, there was no point in putting out a package PSP game, especially of that size. It would have cost so much to local. But then there was no solution for putting dual disc games on download. Really? Whatever. Yeah, because it's, if you think about, it, I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not. I a, think they would figure some way. Right. Well, have, apparently, have, that's what has I happened here. They couldn't do it. Though. Don't you have to download like two different games? But that's the thing is, I don't know. I don't know if they oh, had a, a right. set. Of okay. Because I, I feel place. like I yeah. feel like this happened with what's that Square game? Uh, Agito. I think the downloadable version. Final had, Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Final was that two discs? Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Type yeah. zero. It, turn, yeah. it turned into basically type zero. <laughs> Agito was the name that would disappeared ages ago. I was going to say, like, yeah, it was like pulling that out of I the can. weird part of my brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think, I think... That was two discs? I think that was two discs, two and you had UMDs. to download two different things. I see. Yeah. But the nice thing is that... The so cartridges. Two UMDs. The, the two game tapes. <laughs> yeah. The nice thing is the original Sora no Kiseki, the, the save data for that transfers directly into this one. Like cool. every, all your characters just go straight through. I so. hope Xseed can release it. I mean, that yeah. said, like I think they're doing much better on Steam probably than they ever did yep. on PSP. Probably, but. yeah. So there's no data price in Japan on that downloadable version, but that's good news. Oh, that reminds me. I have a PC now. I can totally go home and play Xseed Steam games. Yep. Finally. And you, you yes. could go home and play Dark Souls PC. No, I can't. I can't actually because what? it's region locked. What? There is no Japanese Dark Souls Ooh. PC. Oh, Japanese developers snuff. need to get with the program. Steam yeah. is a worldwide thing. Just fucking say it, girlfriend. Just, just do preach it. it, sister. Talk I, about resolution. I now. wanted to fucking buy that game. Go. Uh, so <laughs> that said, if you really want it, I think you can have someone buy it for you in the U.S. and yeah. gift it to you. But. Yeah, from software was all like, oh, we can only make it 720p, guys. It's too hard. What? It's so hard to do this. What? And then like 45 <laughs> seconds after it came out, a gaffer like yes. unlocked it. I believe I believe the official time was 23 minutes. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Durante. Of all Neo praise, props all to hail you, man. Durante. Serious props, and it looks so much better. Yeah, yeah uh, I was like looking I, at the screenshots. Yeah, looking at the screenshots, the uh, the Ridic. textures are so much crisper and just great looking. So yeah, it breathes new life into the game. I do want to play it, but I'm just going to wait for the PS3. I'm sure it's coming DLC. I want it PS3. on my PC. So just to back up, fan made mod appear uh, from NeoGaf that um, it was a, it was fixed in one sense that you couldn't change it originally 
from the uh, I don't know if it was ten twenty eight by something or other. It was seven twenty p. Seven twenty p. Yeah, ten twenty four by seven. And it was all blurry. It looked like someone blurry put and shit. On it. So then it got fixed for real. Fixed. Yeah. By yeah, Neo Gaff user Dronte in twenty three minutes. Um, where you can actually like boost the resolution way the hell up. Uh, it's pretty simple. Yeah. There's a DLL framework, and people have played through it and haven't had any problems anywhere. Like you, you wonder why they didn't so, do it. Like I wonder if like in testing, like no, there wasn't any bug. problems. But they do say that it kind of kind of runs a little weird. I think really? you know at the beginning there were some some crashing problems and stuff like that. But eventually he ironed out the kinks and it's he's pretty been good he's now. been updating it. I mean yeah. my wow. very cursory look at the thread. Apparently there was like a blur problem still at first that got fixed um awesome one thing maybe a clue behind it was um behind how this could happen hijink studios apparently did the port Mm -hmm. um which you may not remember oh god studio behind silent hill hd collection oh yes one of the notoriously i knew that but i like forced it out of my memory worst (laughs) <laughs> most terrible garbage ports that, ever just, even outside of video games just one of the worst things that's ever, ever <laughs> to this in the planet. history of man so this is fun too because for this podcast prep i was like oh let's just see what these guys are up to what they've done if they talk about this on their page yeah. if they're apologizing whatever so and i, I can't i couldn't 100 percent. i didn't see a lot of people talking about this so it makes me a little bit skittish that this is the case but assuming that it is the case, and they used to be called Phoenix Soft Games. What? Yes. Like the makers of all those Shocking really shitty European uh, Frogger Returns oh, okay. on the Wii and 3DS, yes, or DSi. But no, but yeah, so it was somebody else you were thinking of. But yeah, the funny part is, like, their website, it talks about them changing their name, but it's still phoenixsoft-mobile.com. Is still their URL. It hasn't been updated, and the front page of their website doesn't work. GoDaddy.com. As this podcast, ten dollars. <laughs> you, you have to like search via Google to their slash news thing oh, to God. see that oh we're changing our name, and this is like this happened a while ago, and they don't talk about Silent Hill or Dark Souls or anything. Yeesh. I don't know. I mean, well, it's just they're probably not allowed to. I'm guessing. No, I mean, dude, it would like they're like it just makes them seem like they're a shack on like the side of the highway or something. Like will, they may very well be. Port games, you know. I Some mean, of the people who work there listen to this podcast, and they're just sitting there like, "I know what have I done with we're, my life?" We're scapegoating. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. We were scapegoating because we want whoever's we want fingers pointed at whoever really is responsible. We're trying to yeah. clean up the industry, That's like right. McGruff, the crime dog. There you go. Uh, you know, I want I want to say real quick too. I think we might have said it before, Take a but bite out of crime. in hindsight, oh, I think last December or January, I wasn't sure what my game of the year for last year was. Now I'm positive it was Dark Souls, yeah. like a, a billion times Good. more than anything else. Skyward Sword, great. Skyrim, great. Dark Souls by far was the best game last year. JJ and I uh, knew that already. Wait for the DLC. Yep. <laughs> Dark Souls. A lot of stories got printed about this Dark Souls creator, uh, director Hidetaka Miyazaki, talking about pondering an easy mode. Uh, from my just reading of his comments, that. it Boo. didn't really seem yeah, whatever. Screw that he just shit. seemed to be addressing questions about it. But so maybe isn't the two guys who play Baby Mode and Fire Emblem complaining about the easy oh, mode in Dark Souls? Shots fired. <laughs> shots no fired. No comment. No comment. Um, anyway, <laughs> but that has yet to be announced. For some reason, I was thinking that an easy mode patch had been announced for Japan. I don't know how I got that in my head. But you know what? That was for Dragon's Dogma. Oh, that's what um, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of Japan, as we are wont to do on this podcast about 
games. Yeah. Japan. Yep. And Japanese games. Mm-hmm. This only podcast. Um, more stuff from Hideo Kojima, Metal Gear creator, who we talked a lot about in our special Metal Gear episode last week. One thing he said he would... Uh, this, the headlines that came out of this story were basically he'd like to make a Metal Gear Rising sequel with Platinum. I took it as... If there is a rising sequel, it's going to be with Platinum. That just kind of seemed my yeah. reading of his quote. But as far as rising is concerned, great, great news. Though. If it works out well, I'd really like to work with Platinum again to make a sequel. Um, he says he's not a huge fan of spinoffs. But one more interesting, maybe even tidbit, uh, as far as news is that he says he would really love to make a game with the boss as a main character. That would be sweet. And then it would be part of the main series if it were to happen rather yeah. than a spinoff. Totally. They should do it with the next one. Yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe that's what he's hinting at. You never yeah. know. Uh, the Fox engine could support Silent Hill. Kojima tweet, uh, hinted at, and I think we maybe we might have hinted at this last podcast, but he said, you know, you could use this engine for that they're using to make Ground Zeroes uh, for first-person shooter. You can make an Uncharted game. You can... We are making an open world game, but you can use it for whatever. Maybe you could Silent Hill. Use it like for Rocket Knight Adventures. Bring back Boktai. Yeah. They did do you know their thing on Castlevania, not wholly, yeah. but in part. Um, you also did you see today there were like people complaining that uh, uh, Big Boss looked too old, yes. and so he released uh, another image to of the official image of Big Boss without the face gear on just to show that the only reason he looked like he had white hair was the lighting yeah, was making his him yeah it was making his hair look white up his hair which yeah awesome. which i thought was interesting because it really did look older but i think that. it's awesome that he released a, an official piece of art just to yeah. like respond to address this that issue. whole yeah. thing super cool um itrian odyssey and seventh dragon director working on final fantasy 14 yeah this is kind of surprising at square enix yeah he like tweeted about it he's like that this guy is has you know responsible for some of the best games to come out of japan or, or most original like rpg style games to come out of japan in the last few years and Definitely. now he's on the he did a what was that one by sega not not he did atrian odyssey seventh, seventh dragon. he did seventh dragon yeah right. and now he's uh working on the 14 team he had some medical issues like he had an organ removed or something oh, he God. tweeted about it eyeball cancer and like decided to well hopefully not he decided yeah. to um yeah like cool off a little bit and work for someone else um pouring out for sony liverpool uh yep life began life as psychosis in 1984 games like shadow of the beast lemmings of course the wipeout series uh sony shuttered the studio did they ever um, say why back in late august they just said we reviewed and assessed all current and planned projects for the short and medium term and have decided to make some changes to our European studios. You know, it's sad so, that it's yeah. them, but, you know, it's it's nice to see Sony, like, thinking Firing fiscally responsible. Yeah. <laughs> where are you going with yeah. this? Yeah. No, fiscally responsible I'm thoughts sad, is I'm where I was going. I'm sad to see Wipeout go, though. No, I, I like said Wipeout. I'm super sad it's No, them, Wipeout's but. not going anywhere. They'll give it to some other guys. Yeah. I, I hope so. Nagoshi. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, Sony CEO Kazrai says the PlayStation Vita is performing near expectations overall, but that it's, quote, maybe trending behind in certain territories. So expectations were it's going to tank horribly? What? Selling great in Brazil. Yeah, I was going to say, like, territories, uh, yeah, Canada, probably Eastern Europe, Australia, Africa. <laughs> Asia, uh, Japan, America, Zanzibar South America, land. Middle East. It's a big hit in Zanzibar land. Right. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere <laughs> in the world. Um, not that we're happy about it no, uh, at all, but yeah, it's not doing good anywhere. So if their expectations 
are being met anywhere in any territory, their expectations were disgustingly low. And yeah, well, anyway, but we finally got PS One games. Finally, that's and, true. Yeah, so uh, well, we should or talk about that. We? So I don't even know if we should get into the whole ridiculousness about what was announced as compatible in the West as opposed right, to Japan. What? what actually is compatible if you download it through your PS3 uh, and transfer it over to the Vita? Maybe suffice to say, you should just find the NeoGAF thread or Google it to find the uh, actual list of what's really compatible. Both from downloading through the store direct through your Vita, but also, like I said, through the PS3. There's a lot more yeah. games that are some notable ones that I've seen some people playing. If yeah. You, if you have it, are like, like Vagrant the Story. The stuff I would do, yeah, Vagrant Story, R Type Delta, um, Einhunder. I don't know if that was R Type Delta's up there? Well, no, if you have to have already bought it because they had to take all that stuff off of the store. Uh, so, right, right. Um, yeah. I should, I should mention that I was actually even able, I, was, I have a Japanese Vita, I should preface this with but uh-huh. i was actually able to download to my vita a game that isn't even on the psn store anymore it was it was cut down cut down it was removed from the psn store when the developer cut went down, cut down. PSS, uh, cut him down. black Metri- black matrix double o by flight plan flight plan went um bankrupt oh right so it was pulled from the psn store i was still able to get it on my vita which shocked me i thought for sure they would wait you had bought it before i'd already bought if it you had bought once you bought a game it's yours you, they, they're yeah. still there so, also Castlevania Chronicles, a lot of people playing that, playing Symphony of the Night. Net, net, this is a good thing. This is a great thing for Vita owners, but it, it came out with a, the story came out with a dark cloud around it just because of the per- particulars of how it was announced or not announced, as yeah, the case was. Yeah, typically poor PR decisions Yeah, made. it was not good. But anyway, if you have a Vita, definitely uh, check into that, because there's some yeah. awesome games, that, and a lot of them look really great on that screen. Yeah. I kind of feel like playing Suikoden again. It's been a long time. Um, other Vita news, it sold actually really well for a week uh, in Japan, mostly due to this Hatsune Miku project. There were lines. Diva F game that came out. Um Sum that up in a sentence, what that series is for people who don't know. It is a rhythm game uh, featuring Hatsune Miku, who is a digital diva. Digital yeah. idol. Yeah. Uh, very, very ridiculously popular. Yeah. She yes. basically preceded that, like, hologram Tupac by there a couple are, years. Right. <laughs> yes. There are rumors that she's going to be at this year's Kohaku Utagasen. Oh, my God. Which is, like, this end-of-the-year big-ass uh, singing thing. The New Year's. Was that a... Uh, oh, that would be that would be kind of... Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I was I was like for a second I was like, wait, is Brendan doing that ironically or legitimately like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, was, that an, was oh my no, god because that's terrifying. Oh, I mean, this is this is a show that's on NHK. It's like it features Enka singers. It, it would be like Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's. Right, Eve exactly. Was, right. That, that sort of thing. Dick Clark's not doing that too much anymore, but yeah. it would be like if yeah. So wait, isn't Dick Clark appeared dead? on that? Think he mostly, is. Yeah. mostly. I kind of forgot because I you could never <laughs> tell when he was alive. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest, I think, does it now. Yeah. Um, anyway, Vita, other Vita news: uh, the new firmware locked out memory cards to single PlayStation Network accounts, which I thought it was in the first place. So did I, right? because of a wording of a particular rule, which I thought your memory card was locked to the Vita was locked to your account. So I got used a new memory card for the two different territories. So this doesn't bother me. But if you had saved data. On one, you're kind of screwed. If you had saved data like in your U.S. store and you updated your Vita not knowing this, now you can't get back to that. There's no way to transfer transfer it anywhere else? Apparently not because if you hook it up to your uh, PC, it 
it basically wants to do the same thing and oh. yeah you're that's screwed. great you can't that's take awesome. it your I don't. I don't want to be negative anymore. That's fantastic. Everything. Yep. Everything. Sony. What a wonderful great. idea and great. That was super. I'm glad they're thinking about me. You know? In other great Vita news, it got hacked. Wow! <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> that actually may be good news. It's that's so great. How would that be good news? That, I mean, that's bad news for Sony, which is bad news ultimately for the life of the Vita. If this is true, I'm it's not. Good right. news if you like playing Super Nintendo on your Vita. I, I was <laughs> saying it's good news for maybe more people will buy Vitas now. Yeah, Brent, be able to Brent, you're right. You're Brent, right. You can finally play all those Super Nintendo games you own on your Vita. All those zero that I own oh, now. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Super Nintendo, we're about to start talking about that after the yeah. news wraps up. But anyway, um, yeah, so the Vita hacked apparently. So yeah, this could be exciting if you're a homebrew or like a hobby developer. Um, the Like we say, the, and also PSP was hacked super early and that went right. on to sell pretty well. But software it, well, did that, not. That's true, yeah. To, but at the same time, that was one of the main well. reasons it, it kind of yeah. floundered like after a while was Publishers, piracy really, what I really would, hurt what Sony. I uh, would... They are you know, not happy I today. Get, I get the feeling that, that something like being able to use memory sticks or other kinds of media in your Vita. Might if they happen. could just make it so I can switch my accounts easily, I would probably be really happy. I, you know, if that but happens, that's, Sony that's, have done. that's that's bad news for Sony. All really right. bad news. We got to switch into lightning round here. So yeah. Valve, this got reported a lot to my annoyance. Valve quote jumping into hardware market because of like a job listing, <laughs> um, you know, for industrial designer. Saying, even basic input, the keyboard and mouse haven't really changed in any meaningful way over the years. There's a real void in the marketplace and opportunities to create compelling user experiences are being overlooked. A lot of people took this to mean the Steam Box console thing. I took it to mean the stuff they've been saying yeah. about wearable computing and different inputs. And, right. You know, Nothing about the job description said anything about, we want to make the next console. It was like, exactly. we, they were talking about mice and keyboards. Right. So anyway. That um, could mean anything. Yeah. And, and also other Valve hype, uh, the Steam Greenlight launched. And quickly got overloaded with flooded with shit trolls and people. I heard they jokes. apparently like turned out turned down somebody like they turned down a uh, like a adult game or something. Which, yeah, they're they ban- they're banning adult games. Good, good for them, man. Like, yeah. come on, get well, a life, yeah, you know, get a girlfriend. It, it, the line's got to be drawn there, but yeah. no, I'm glad they did. I mean, they're it, yeah. Um, but make, make uh, you know, who's game, to say that loser. there could never be a compelling game that <laughs> that should be the podcast title feature <laughs> adult content, right? You know, uh, yeah, I a mean, lot of Half Life threes and like Minecraft twos and like things like that yeah. put up there and upvoted by people. And there's actually a really good story on Gama Sutra about uh, discoverability or lack thereof on it's Steam a weird Greenlight. system. Basically, every time you access a page, it randomizes the things you see. Really? Yeah, which I understand why they. Did that? Wait, it's, is that what that says? It's good and it's bad. Well, that's my experience. Oh, okay. It's a weird way of doing it. It's good and it's bad, but it's kind of like a lot of the projects I was looking at didn't really have a lot of thumbs ups. Well, another way, it's it's tough, right? There's It's very hard because you can't list them alphabetically. Right. You can't list them by, there's different ways to sort them, but this guy's saying none of them are great. Granted, it did just start and they're figuring stuff out, yeah. a.k.a. increasing the fee f- to uh, $100. Well, there wasn't any fee before, right? Right, right. That's Increasing great. I think that's zero. you know what. Some there were a lot of great tweets that morning when they announced that a whole bunch of people complaining about it. Yeah. A bunch of other people, me included, like basically saying it's justified. Somebody basically said like, "Look, ask your mom if your game is good. Like, ask your mom for a hundred. I think it was Andrew Reiner at Game Informer. Yeah. Was like, you know what? When you borrow a hundred dollars from your mom, it's not a large up. amount of money. And it's true. If your game is worth the shit, a hundred dollars is nothing to basically." 
put it up there and actually have it be legitimized and be get a chance to be. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's one of those things it. where it's where where do you draw the line? Because a lot of people were not saying that there shouldn't be any fee. It's like what? How much is the fee, and what should it be? Sure. And so it's like I think all of us would have a problem. With a certain amount, right? I think so. But, 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 but like, $100 okay, where is and it goes amount? to charity, it's like it's not a bad deal is at all. Is that what it is? It goes yeah. to charity. Yeah, it goes to child's it's play. It's totally like yeah. worth and it. And $100 so, is something any ordinary person probably could afford. So well, it's, not, it's a low bar. Not afford, but I mean, you could probably scrounge it up. Yeah. If there was, to, there was I mean, a joke I mean, about yeah. starting a Kickstarter to get $100 so you gave it to greenlit. So it's not about covering Valve's costs or all the annoyance of sifting through all this stuff. It's just purely... It's basically to try to weed out the trash yeah Yeah. exactly which is great i think that's good uh we're starting to get into tgs time news and sony announced their lineup which did not include the last guardian at least so far that would be very disappointing it'll be a secret you you said it would be there didn't you i said it has to be there Mm. i said i think they need to have it there I am still going to. I want to believe. <laughs> all want to all believe. they need to do is take the same trailer and move the scenes around, and I'll be happy. <laughs> and I don't need <laughs> to yeah, recut the same footage. Yeah, it doesn't have to be playable. It just needs to be shown in some way, shape, yeah. or form at their press conference somewhere. Sizzle reel, something. Um, speaking of sizzle reels, sizzle. actually, speaking of no shows. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy thirteen talked about but not shown except no. for like a world map. John, you got excited about this from something you read about it. What did you read about it? Because I really don't know. Well, I didn't. It's not so much, much excited. I, I, what I'm excited about is the fact that it isn't just another piece of – it doesn't sound like another piece of like generic garbage like Final Fantasy thirteen and thirteen yeah, two. Yeah, I know. Like they're basically trying something new with this. They've got this sort What's of 13-hour – you have 13 hours to play through the game sort of right. thing. Like kind of right. sounds a little bit like Majora's Mask, a little bit and like – And like they've got this system mm-hmm. where like you put on different pieces of clothes and it changes your job in some sort of way. It's, so you, that's ten two though. You, no, 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 no. Because in ten two, you just like are changing jobs. But in this game, you are like fully customizing your job. So like, right. there is no like red mage. You're like a black red. So you could warrior. put on, if you put on a lot of red mage clothes, like a red mage sort of hat. like a red mage. Right. But I'm sad. I'm sad that it still takes place in the Final Fantasy thirteen world because those characters right. are garbage. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? It's much much better that these supposedly talented people because right. they're high-paid people are getting actually doing something original. That's what I wanted. It's like, full so of new ideas. The fact that it's new and different, really action-based I'm combat, going to approach right? it yeah. fairly. So. I hope it's not that, God, what was that Final Fantasy VII one with like Vincent ended up being the main character? Oh, yeah. oh my Cerberus. God. That yeah. was... I mean, just Ooh. it just kind of was like... Meh. That game, I think within a week uh, of its release was like 200 yen. and, and <laughs> Yeah, what I want to see from these guys is new original stuff. That's yeah. the square that, you know... Yeah, I, no, I think this is definitely... The a but they need to break away from Final Fantasy at this point. Um, speaking of Final Fantasy, what is this? Square Enix discusses the future of Final Fantasy. Like a art gallery, there was like a big panel um yeah they were just talking about uh third question i've never played the final fantasy series but i'd like to play the series if you made an otome final fantasy that person are you serious get the fuck out (laughs) yes this did get some laughs but he took the but tabata took the question very seriously and had his staff create an elaborate fake design document uh for people who don't know what is a otome final fantasy game it's a dating sim there you go that person needs to just get the fuck out of that um, <laughs> yeah, so that's about it for that. Uh, MLG League, we're not going to talk about that. Dota 2, already talked Dota about Dota 2, it. the winners, JJ. IG, Chinese guys. Yes, so surprise. China. Uh, yeah, a little bit, actually. They uh, came back from the loser's bracket to win it. That's is, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. EA guy 
talking about how all their games are not single player experiences really anymore. At least the ones he's greenlit. Yippee. Um. Final Fantasy Ultimate, still in Final Fantasy Land compilation coming to Japan. I thought that was hilarious. About four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> so this is coming December eighteenth. Um, Only mainline Final Fantasies one to thirteen. Yeah, December eighteenth being the actual anniversary day of Final Fantasy right. one. They couldn't port all of those. The one system, the first nine are they're all PS- of the PlayStation family. JJ, the oh, okay. first nine are PS one copies. With the exception of Final Fantasy 3 on PSP. Really? That's weird. What? Because that's the new one. I mean, they're basically like the, Final... the most recent slash best PlayStation version of each is what yeah. it is. Final Fantasy 13 on PS3, the rest on PS2, with 11 as the Vanadale collection. Um, extras include a commemorative DVD, art collection, and two-disc soundtrack, among other goodies. Uh, yeah. So uh, also they... Now it's for Ultimania Encyclopedia-like books, which cover the entire main series of games, including previously unseen artwork, also coming out December 11th. Interesting. Those um, books are interesting. I would never buy that. Yeah. No word <laughs> if it's coming out outside of Japan. Uh, Square Enix announced their Tokyo Game Show lineup. Speaking of them, Final Fantasy XIV. What else? Speaking of Otome, Otome Break for iOS, Android. Exciting. Uh, Dragon Quest Ten Wii, Dragon, you uh, Bravely Default. Yep, That's game mentioned. number two. I'm interested about. Yes, <laughs> Bravely Default is going to be great. Yes, uh, Super Time Force Super Trailer. We talked about that, yes. but check that out for sure. Lime Mulana coming to WiiWare September 20th. Oh, in in America. Enjoy Up Publishing. Yes. Wow. That's right. I might have to them, check it out. You thought That's it wasn't. Weird. It was been out on PC. I think. Did it was Playism on Steam. come out with a better way to buy it? Yeah, because I would have bought the PC one, but they only took like PayPal, which is useless to people living in Japan. Like I don't. I need a way to buy the game. That's weird. why is PayPal useless to people? In Japan? PayPal's crap, man. Come on, it's like they charge fees for everything. It's like, but 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 you know, especially if you live in Japan and have a Japanese bank account, like it's just you know, it's not oh, really, moving money to it. Yeah, from PayPal's a bank kind of a pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So September twentieth. Uh, enjoy Up. We'll release the game. Uh, check that out, although we can't really speak to it because none of us really played it. I'm going to play it. I'm, and actually, also, speaking of La Mulana, that game, they, they, I think they put the that up for uh, uh, Greenlight on Steam. So go find it and vote yes. it up. Oh, that didn't come out on Steam? I thought, no. I actually, oh, I actually it did vote it up. Play is only. Good. Okay, yeah. So definitely right. do that. Yeah, I'll buy it on I'm Steam sorry. the second it comes out. Uh, speaking of game, we have played Skulls of the Shogun. Was playable with PAX Prime. Plug. Um, pretty much yes. done, right? It's got to be. It comes out with Better Windows be. 8, which is in like a month at Holy October crap. or something. Yeah. Really? 20th something. Yeah, so finally. XBLA, PC, is Windows, Windows 8. Is Windows 8 the only way to tablet. play it on Windows? Windows 8 the only way to play it on Windows. I believe so. I believe that so. That would kind of suck. Although, that sounds like Microsoft. Recently, no I have, Microsoft did sound. mention or somebody mentioned that you would be able to play some of their games on uh, mm. or apps or something. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, check that out. Yeah, October 26th, and that's day and date with Windows 8. Um, they have a really cool trailer that will be coming up. Uh, we mentioned Child of the Colossus. The producer left Keiji Kaido. That's me. Kenji Kaido. Very Concerned. What do you mean he left? He left Sony? Yep. Yeah. He gone. Really? He hasn't been involved in, in that series forever, so it's not that's not really news. But I'm I sad see. that he left. Yeah, he's he a buddy also of ours, actually. Did I think Ape Escape, maybe? And he made uh he also made uh Near. Oh. Not the game Near, Near the the thing that's oh, really confusing and yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Um going back to Vita there. Um there's a remote play feature getting updated, I guess. Um Yes, with games people want to play. Yes. Is this with the firmware for Vita? 
that got updated or what's getting updated? The games are being updated? What uh, I updated? believe the there's a patch coming out. I don't know if I guess you get the patch with the game, presumably. But anyway, it, yeah, I it, think it's the games. It lets you play them re- with remote here. play on Vita. So ex- supported titles, Eco, God of War, God of War 2, Shadow of the Colossus. So you can now. It's the HD God of Wars, right? Uh, I believe it's the HD collection. It's yeah. PS3, so yeah. 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 Um, also, Tokyo Jungle, apparently. It will be playable via uh, remote yeah, play with this update. Yeah, that's not here, but I did hear that. Uh, and also, Blaze Blue, or Blaz Blue. Blaz Blue. Blaz Blue. Blaz Blue. Finally, <laughs> and very exciting, PlayStation Home gets its first RPG. It's been a while. Are you kidding? <laughs> Since we picked on <laughs> PlayStation Home. Home. Yes. <laughs> you thought we forgot about you. PlayStation Home, but yes. The guy who runs it is like, shit! Mercia <laughs> Fractured Realms uh, arrives this Thursday, which actually is out by now. So yes, JJ will be on there doing the robot as, <laughs> as you listen to this podcast. Uh, yes. Wait, so what, how does it work? Uh, it's a freemium You walk game? up to people and dance. <laughs> it's, uh, and you hit on them. Yeah. You hit on dudes just as Players well, right? can choose between ranger, fighter, and defender classes. <laughs> And these brave, like, I'm defending this arcade game from the line. This, this from the joystick uh, story here. These brave avatars can fight alone or cooperatively across quote visually dazzling landscapes inhabited by supernatural creatures <laughs> and full of spellbinding sorcery. Wow! Yes. <laughs> There's also the incentive of exclusive home rewards. JJ hats. Perhaps posters. Oh, posters. Yes. <laughs> posters, JJ, for your PlayStation Home bungalow. Oh, I would like that yes. very much. A new realm for you to explore in yes. PlayStation Home. And that'll do it for the main part of our podcast. So, uh, yes, stick around for the first part of our two part Super Nintendo Super Spectacular. And uh, then we will come back after that to close it out. When we recorded it, we thought we were going to do the whole thing as one special show. So bear that in mind when you hear it. This is indeed only the first half of it. Um, special <coughs> guest Kevin DeGifford will join us for that. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll come back and we'll close it out back out after this. So stay tuned for about, what, an hour and a half? An hour and three, five minutes. Okay. Of Super of, Nintendo yeah, goodness. Super Nintendo retrospective. We're back. Hi. Are we? Okay. Welcome we are. to the Super to. Nintendo Super Retrospective. You're getting good, JJ. I would. I looked at you because I was like, what is the, in my mind, said Super Nintendo Super Retrospective. Yeah. Like everything associated with the Super Nintendo, we're just going to slap Super right. onto oh it, which always drove me crazy, <laughs> and I hate super it. JJ over they, there. they still do super that. Super kids. Thanks, Super John. Um, so, uh, and uh, joining us back from last week is Mr. Kevin Super Scope 6 Gifford. More like Super Scope Scuffs. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Should we start yes. this podcast over? Well done, That's sir. why no. we brought him from America, folks. <laughs> Things are going very well. The golden, golden tongue, Kevin Gifford. Um, 
But he knows more. He might not be the best speaker in the world, but he knows yes. a lot about the Super Nintendo and uh, history in general. So we're really happy to have him here to talk about uh, kind of the Super <laughs> Nintendo in all ways, shapes, and forms. Um, this is something we've been meaning to do. Kevin's here in town. Uh, yep. People might remember we did Super Game Masters. Right. Uh, and we wasted almost, the Super. Yeah. I know. We blew the Super <sighs> yeah. almost two years ago. Yeah. So that was our, our retrospective episode. Uh about the NES and Famicom, and was mm-hmm. that on a anniversary, or what made us do it? Was it just Kevin was in town again? I actually don't remember. Probably. Uh, it was October, so it could have been some sort of anniversary. Probably. So October we, of 2010. Actually, yes, that would have been the 15th okay. or 25th anniversary or whatever. And we were just in the 21st, we just had the 21st anniversary of the U.S. launch uh, of the Super Nintendo, which we'll get into the dates and that sort of thing, but there's not really a specific. We're, we're kind of around that date, but basically, right. we just Kevin was in town. We wanted to do this for a while. We've been kind of promising to do this for a while, and now we're going to do it. It's going to be pretty loosely loosey goosey. Um, but we're going to start off talking about like the era and the history and the hardware. Then we're going to probably mention launch games and stuff in, in that because how can you separate the two? And then go into a specific game segment and then we're going to go into like peripherals and things associated with it and kind of legacy stuff uh, that came out of it like the PlayStation and Super FX chip and all that kind of jazz. So that's kind of our menu. We have no idea how long this is going to last. We're just going to kind of forever throw it out there. Uh, no personal story is uh, too... Too personal. Personal. Boring. Too personal. <laughs> I was going to say too boring, but actually I will cut you off if it's too boring, yeah. JJ. Yes. What? Uh, but anyway, so one thing, um, as I was doing my tireless research for this episode, starting about two hours ago <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on Wikipedia, um, one thing I realized is I think it would be helpful to just kind of set the stage about because a lot of our listeners might not have been into video games, or maybe they were and they want to hear it again. Maybe people weren't even born. The uh, the uh, IGN article for the top 100 Super Nintendo games. The top comment is like, "Man, I wish I was born before wow. 1990." Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. That's so that's w- an interesting way of putting it, to be sure. Yeah. Because I would wager, you know, there are new uh, bits of hardware that come out all the time, even now. Yes. But I'm really not sure it's really fully appreciated how much of a leap forward the Super NES was compared to not only the original 8-bit NES, but also the competition in the system bit field as it existed at that time. Which basically was... Shots fired. Genesis... How are we going to avoid doing the the Genesis? Let me just say it now is going to get its own retrospective. Better AJ. goddamn get one. It will, <laughs> it will, and we're not going to focus on the hardware war. That might almost need its own podcast. That also right. needs one. But I mean, I, I think I do want to kind of set the stage for what 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 was at the time that we're talking about 1990, 1989, mm. 1990, 1991. So I was five, the, by the way. The golden age <laughs> is what I would call those the, three years. The big genres back then. Were you had your shoot still shooters yes. except they Space were side scrolling right, right. Or, <laughs> yeah yeah or overhead two D um, well let's not talk about overhead shooters uh, overhead shooters suck that's another podcast <laughs> that me and Shane Bettenhausen will have and maybe you are you some kind of Musha apologist <laughs> no no <laughs> okay all right so anyway shooters were two D things that mm-hmm. happened in space 
And character platformers were actually the big shit back then. Right. Your, jump your action games. Mario, bit, your little, Sonics, your Jumpmans. A little bit of sports, but I would say that action was still the big thing. Sports was coming into its own right around that time. Mm, yes. it, was, it, was, it was a factor as the Super Nintendo was launching, which is what what is EA doing? And maybe we'll get into that in the Genesis podcast, but yes. those games were better on the Genesis to begin That's with. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> arcade <laughs> games still mattered. Of course. Ports Back then, and arcade games which still mattered. Was yeah. a yeah. very big arcade games in general, yeah. just in the industry mattered. But yes, ports of arcade games. <laughs> yeah, another kind of arcade games also kind of like, you know, was, never mind. What? <laughs> they, they were very important in the whole console war. Like the the better ports of the arcade games, like this the Samurai Showdown and Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter Two, Street mm-hmm. Fighter Two were big, big factors. Yes. So we'll we'll end up touching on that. But just to set the scene, so RPG, the RPGs were a big deal in Japan by that point. Yes. Not quite so much elsewhere, though. But mm-hmm. nothing at all in America at that point in the console market. Yes. But we're about to come into their own. Right, right. That yes, was the yes. SNES's one of the major contributions. The that was where RPGs really started to come into the U.S. Yep. and people mm-hmm. actually cared about them. Fighting yep. games her, were just her, starting her, to her, exist. Her, her. Basically, <laughs> fighting yes. games were with with Street Fighter Two and the boom. Yeah, basically coincided with the Super Nintendo. We'll get into how they dovetailed, but hmm. basically that is kind of setting the stage. And then also you had your beat 'em ups, which were just like your uh, final, final fights or fight. dragon yeah, double dragons. I do remember that Final Fight was quite nearly a launch title in the U.S. After all, and yeah, it was a huge system Streets seller. Streets of Rage yeah. scored better in EGM at Damn launch, right. which was a big just deal. But that's getting into Mario Lussy. That's getting into Genesis podcast material. Okay, so now that the stage is kind of set. Um, one point of entry here that we all probably have, maybe not all of us, some of us were five years old and probably couldn't read yet, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I probably couldn't read when I was five. I don't think so. That at least three of us have at this table was probably EGM. And yes. the, I also had EGM, yes. Really? Yeah. From the start? You saw uh, the Not from the start, Famicom but we would, we would buy them from the uh, uh, grocery store. So did you see yeah. the Super Famicom piece? I don't think so. Three of us at this table <laughs> had, which was the EGM number two. Number two. Which was like, it had on the cover. Technically number three, but on the cover it said yes. number two. And also right. on the cover was an explosion in space and flying <laughs> out of that explosion. Ah, yes, I remember this cover. Amongst other things ah. was a Super Famicom, not... The design that ended up happening, but a Super Famicom. Yes. Something they clipped out of uh, Famicom Sushi. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the single most, like, probably important single copy of a yes. video game magazine I have ever owned. That issue is so, it's like a light blue-ish cover. That issue is so packed with shit. Yep. Amongst it. The Conix Multisystem. And the Conics that Multisystem. Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. It was Rip. basically like here comes the next Peace generation of video, of video game consoles. Oh, yeah. I looked at the pages in that magazine for like weeks, man. So, so Kevin, <sighs> let's talk about what was happening at this time. So one thing that I noted, this is, I think it is early 89 probably that this EGM is on newsstands. Yes. At that point... The Super Famicom, which would be the successor to the wildly successful mm-hmm. Famicom or NES in in Japan, mm-hmm. is is maybe not old news, but it's not necessarily new news. It's been reported on quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And um, here's a bit of astounding trivia for you: what, When do you think that the term Super Famicom was first perhaps used in public? 
in, March in Japan. 30th, 1986. <laughs> mm, well, you're, you're a little bit early, oh. but you're not as but you're not as um, early or late as you may think you might be. OK, that, that didn't make any sense. I, we, <laughs> we know where you're going. Now. Yes. Okay. So was, Yamaguchi was, shows up somewhere drunk and <laughs> what spills the beans. What happens? Well, I mean, it really did not get reported on until the first, what you could call the next generation system, came out in Japan. And that was the PC Engine, which was from NEC called the TurboGrafx-16 in the U.S. That came out in the fall of 1987 in uh, Japan. And quite literally, maybe a few days afterwards, um, the local Kyoto newspaper, the Kyoto Kyoto Shimbun, uh, you know, in the city that is home to Nintendo HQ, um, announced in a... Uh, like an article on page three of it uh, that Nintendo was developing what they called the Super Famicom. That was the first time the term was used. Wow. Uh, a good um, three years before it came out in Japan and another wow. year after that uh, before it came out in the uh, U.S. Kevin Gifford, motherfucker. Could you imagine? Bringing it. They yeah. announced that, um, you know, the article said that, you know, it was a 16-bit system and that they were planning to demonstrate the system in uh, game shops and toy stores, et cetera, across this country the following summer, the summer of 1988, in other words. And it would not end up launching until 1990. Eventually in Japan. So this is like way early. I mean, the, the yeah. Famicom itself has been out at that point. Four years. Four years. Famicom had been out since 1982. It didn't really, hit, didn't really hit hugely until 1985 with Super Mario Brothers. Right. right. Uh, by 1987, you know, Nintendo is making my hand over fist, every, mm. as is every other third-party licensee, which is part of the reason why other companies are getting into the market with the <sighs> PC Engine. And um, I've, Sega didn't, had not announced the Mega Drive in 1987, I think. Yes, that was actually a very fair story. The Mega Drive was literally not announced until something like three months before it came out of Japan. Right. Sega, because, huh. you know, Sega was... You know, Sega, Sega, Sega was, was Sega. Sega, yeah. Sega, Sega, was, Sega, was, Sega was not very good at consumer, har- consumer hardware sales from the start, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen... Yes. Kevin Gifford wearing his cowboy hat and <laughs> soccer jersey. The enigma that is Kevin Gifford sipping from a chew high and laughing like maniacally yes. at, at, at Sega's, Sega's um, misfortunes. misfortunes. I'm prepared for that laugh, too. As you much can as see I him say, like, take the breath. I, I love Sega, but I will never defend their terrible, terrible business. That's another yes. another podcast. Yes. Uh, let's, let's stay on point. Okay, so in this EGM article, even... Um, it mentions that they're talking about July release in Japan um, in 1989, that was, and a U.S. expected in early 1990. That was exactly the first. The first time that they announced a release date for the Super Famicom in Japan was indeed for July 1989. And that oh, okay. Was, um, Kind of like early on in '89 when um, you know they sort of pushed that figure out to uh, the Japanese game magazines. Right, that's probably where EGM got from. So they throw it out early as a oh hey somebody else is throwing out their 16-bit system. Well, we got something else coming out too because because the PC Engine was not a small success. I mean, it was actually kind of caught on right eventually. Uh, eventually is the right term for it. I don't think. See, that's part of the reason why Nintendo got away with delaying the Super Famicom right. for as long as it did. Absolutely, It was yeah. originally going to come out in July of 89, and then later on it got pushed to the fall of 89. Then after that, they sort of stopped giving release dates until <laughs> you know a, a couple months before it came, finally did come out in November of uh, 1990. And what, what I remember is, I think also from an EGM, I remember the cover of a Famitsu, which was pretty much the still the gaming Bible back then. Hmm. 
uh, as it is today here in Japan. And I remember a cover of Neki, who's the fox that is the lope mascot. Yeah, when the, you know when they from Famitsu has a cover which is not a hot chick, it's of right. uh, Neki. This was Neki and a hot chick who was hiding behind him. Whoa! And he was like Kinky. protecting her with a gun or whatever, and he was like, "Help!" This is in English on the cover. Help! I still I need Super Famicom I or something. That. Like that. <laughs> I that, right? Uh, yeah. So so I it was have that one. It had been yeah. delayed a number of times, and to the point where even the cover of Famitsu was like parodying. We it. need this thing. When is yeah. it going to come out? Yeah. So basically, and that's your take on it, was very, that... It, it the, was very much, you know, uh, PC Engine came out in 87, Mega Drive came out uh, fall of 88. Um, both consoles in their first couple of years had problems with adoption. Um, they, in, 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 with respect to sales, they were not any manner of competition to the Regular role of Famicom, these NES. Are you saying Keith Courage in Alpha Zones is was not a challenger to Super <laughs> Mario's title? Sadly, no. The only controversial uh, PC Engine statements. was hurting for killer apps at the start. They had yes. R Type, and R Type was a bit of a killer app. Yes, yeah. indeed. indeed. Um, the- R Type, ironically, published in the arcade in America anyway by Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, it was uh, one of Nintendo's. Um, you know, it was one of Nintendo's last like arcade. Uh, projects for a little while until the play choice 10 the super uh, power system uh, thing about you know the super nes play choice 10 i'm blank on the name yeah. of it that was like their last involvement in arcades for a good while until f-zero uh back in you know 2004 right but okay so um so coming back so project was delayed you are you saying it was delayed maybe because they didn't feel the heat of competition so they could take their time there was still so much money to be made in the nes certainly in america people figured that that's why it came out so late mm. that they didn't actually see the Genesis as a credible threat. They were still making so much money from NES, from the NES and NES games mm. that they thought, well, why, why bring this out when we can put it off another, you know, couple seasons? You know, it ended up coming out um, in '91, in the fall of '91, mm-hmm. and it had been out for a little over a year in Japan by that time. That's right, and you know it was very heavily delayed in Japan, of course. And really, part of the reason was that Nintendo, and by you know by Nintendo, I mean the president of Nintendo at the time, Mister Hiroshi Yamauchi, gangster, um, the gangster <laughs> president of uh, Nintendo. Yes, he basically you know looked at the market and said, you know, we really really don't need to launch another new uh, platform for a little while to come. We're our only competition, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah they the, were still selling stuff like by the bucket load, basically. Uh, the Mega Drive came out uh, October 29th, 1988 in Japan. And much like the PC Engine a year earlier, it launched with very little in its mm, name. It right. launched with Altered Beast. It launched with uh, that horrible... Uh, Power Os- Up. It launched with uh, Osamatsu-kun, which is a very famously awful kusoge uh, in Japan. <laughs> Are you calling Altered Beast a Kusoke? Did did Kevin Gifford just call Altered Beast? No, I called also Masakune a Kusoke. Al- Altered Beast. I called, is I called a Kusoke, Altered Beast a crap game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> just, just double checking. But literally, maybe a few days after the Mega Drive came out on October 29, 1988, Nintendo held a press conference. Yamauchi held a press conference to more or less officially announce the, hmm. the Super <laughs> Famicom. So they, they um, cock blocked basically yeah. any other console that was coming out. Yeah. This was, yeah, this was a press conference held at the Kyoto headquarters. Mm. Um, uh, and you know, sort of the way you know the reason why that they waited uh, waited a good you know about two years after word first came out mm-hmm. about it is because just as you were saying, you know, the Famicom was still by far number one in terms of software, and especially number one in terms of role playing games, which at that time, nineteen eighty eight, 
was a hugely important genre for the Japanese marketplace. Even Dragon just, Quest, Final uh, Fantasy, yeah, Dragon Quest, was Final Dragon Quest Fantasy. Three. That was like kind of when it almost Dragon, kind of peaked. Yeah, Dragon Quest Three was the first game, uh, first uh, Final Fantasy game in Japan, which you could literally call a social phenomenon. Mm. Um, in the way that uh, that term gets bandied about, that was a game that uh, you know the Japanese government asked uh, NX to you know put out their games on the weekends from now on, right? Because otherwise, because everyone skips school, because yeah. everyone's all student, yeah, all, everyone skips school. For it. <laughs> Dragon Quest Ten was the first game to break that trend, right? Uh, yes, since three, yeah. yeah. Those <clears throat> Jap bastards love to freak on their RPGs, <laughs> military sims. <laughs> <laughs> and I one of these said that. <laughs> you had to be there. Hey, Google it. Uh, yeah. There's a Parody. You know, one of the things that Yamauchi said at this conference was, you know, this is a direct quote, uh, which I translated. The fact is that 16-bit consoles do not sell, and that is plainly because the software isn't interesting. And that was, you know, even, you know, no matter what you think of Yamauchi, he was pretty much stating the truth at that time. The Mega Drive, you know, had just come out, had, you know, very little, had just a few games, and plainly, much like with the Sega Master System, pretty much only Sega was going to support that. That was sort of assumed. Right. Uh, with the PC Engine, NEC had just barely begun to get some good third-party licensees. Namco was her biggest third-party licensee at the time. Right. Um, and so, but despite the fact that the PC Engine at the time had been out for two years, it still had not really developed a really big head of steam, even with the CD-ROM adapter and all that sort of thing. Uh, it was seen as an extremely hardcore system. So what was it, side note, that turned the it's tied to the PC Engine because by the time I was hearing about the Turbo Graphics in America, it was mm-hmm. oh this thing is actually pretty successful in Japan. And looking being here now, you go to any place in the library, it was absolutely ginormous. Well, oh, yeah. The quick PC side engine. note: What mm-hmm. was the thing that turned the finally turned the corner? A number of things. It PC ultimately engine. did become sort of like a hardcore system in you know multiple meanings, of course. Uh, you know, the CD-ROM unit, although mm-hmm. initially extremely expensive, uh, you know, plainly blew everybody's mind. I mean, uh, you know, East 1, 2, et cetera. Right. Uh, once actual quality software began to get developed for the CD-ROM, you know, um, it, it was a you know tremendously pioneering kind of system. And well, they, again, th- they would throw out everything for the system. They would try any, it didn't matter how weird anything, or crazy stuff, it was. Yeah. This magical. was also, though, an era when not most people even didn't own like PCs with CDs in them. I mean, this is right yeah. when it when CDs musical CDs of, Musical CDs were expensive. CD players yeah. were expensive. CD players were given out as prizes on game shows. But there was no wow. series that kind of turned the fortunes um, of the... Tengai Makyo, you know, Far East of one was a big one. Uh, once, uh, you know, Bonds Adventure was a big deal. Um, you know, a whole lot, you know, that, that was that was the system where that Hudson saw devote the majority of their, you know, major development developmental power yeah. until pretty much the um, PlayStation. Bomber's Men's. And the bomb, you know, Bomberman that came yeah. out in 1990 was enormous. And eventually, you know, the uh, CROM adapter and the Turbo Duo got cheaper and it eventually became a system for, you know, very good RPGs. Falcom supported them with sure. original games. Uh, and of course, eventually, girls. There were lots of girl games, right? Towards, uh, you know, towards, towards the end, you know, towards the end, Konami came out with Tokimaki even more. That was a big one. Okay, so, so, that gives some nice context yeah. for it. But so, as a result of that, the PC Engine was a pretty solid number two ahead of the Mega Drive, but still not all in competition for the Super sure, Famicom. Sure, sure. So the the, the the newspaper article from the press release that Yamauchi is, or the the press conference that Yamauchi calls, mm. this is to formally announce. The, you know, we they, are they, actually they, really doing this. Correct. And did they show it off there at that thing? They showed a, yeah, they did uh, demonstrate a few games, a few demonstrations of games. Um, 
many, you know, some of which uh, have Dragonfly been, was that Dragonfly there? was one of them. Okay, right. which, which that later, was in which, the EGM article, which later yes. became Flight Club, which later became Pilot Wings. Flight Club, really? Flight yes. Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a game called Flight Club. Dragonfly. <laughs> I remember the pictures of both of them in EGM. Yeah. So, in the pictures mm-hmm. in EGM, basically, just showed the logo uh, of it doing going in scaling uh, and rotating, scaling and rotating, seven. and then it had like from what it looked like, there was like one blurry screenshot, which was like a biplane, three quarters overhead, isometric view mm-hmm. kind of thing nothing like what pilot wings would end up really looking like mm-hmm. but um i guess that was what they what they showed yeah that was sort of what the team was working on at that time to be sort of like the um the killer app if you will showcase of title the whole scaling rotation sure right. all the custom hardware right um and i'll go into some more detail on this later on but the amount of custom hardware in the super NES was crazily revolutionary for the time and and that do they also show super, what would become Super Mario World at that thing because there was an early version of Super Mario World that there are screenshots of out there that looks very uh, like a toned down version of Super Mario World or kind of a slightly toned up version of Super Mario Three maybe right. it mm. looks very muted compared to the very, very much, colorful yeah, very, final very, version very much a Super Mario Brothers Four. As right. opposed to Super Mario World, right, right, um, and there was a bit of that showing that at that uh, conference as well. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if only if only somebody took a video of that. No shit, I know, man. Somewhere, cool. mm. but oh well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not like nowadays where everybody just brings their iPhones and you know, right, just, right, you know, holds it up like so and says, "Hey." Well, Kevin Gifford, when the time machine happens, this will be one of the first. This will be the first stop. Ten thousand places we go. I won't be able but... to tweet at any place. Well, I won't get any user you might. followers. You might. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, it's announced. Formally going to happen, mm-hmm. and there were still some more delays after that, and it yeah. finally did come out and. Um, uh, November 21st, 1990, with two games. So let's talk about that. Wednesday, September 21st, 1990. I thought it was, I oh. thought it was, no, uh, it's November 21st. November 21st. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. November 21st. My sources are incorrect. My source being the thing that I wrote down based on the Wikipedia. Mm. Oh, did you not see that thing I printed out? Uh, no, it's probably here somewhere. Yeah, November twenty first was like became a sort of big day in Nintendo history. After that, they released a lot of their games on the twenty first after the Super Famicom launch. Uh, so like a couple first became like their magic number. So a couple things uh, about that. So three hundred thousand sold in the first few hours. It sold out. It sold out. Uh, even though, despite the fact that it launched with a whopping two games, right? Super Mario World and F Zero, and a controller that is like the length of my arm. Uh, and no AC arm. adapter. So no, no AC adapter. No AC, right. no, People well, forget. There, no, there was no AC adapter. Yeah, um, the system cost uh, twenty five thousand yen, which was about two hundred ten bucks in, at, the at the time. Right. Um, and it came with the system and two controllers, and that was it. There was no AC adapter, nor any television um, adapt. You know, uh, video RF in adapter. RF adapter. Yeah. The idea being was that. Uh, yeah. They use the same one on both. Uh, you know, they, they use the same plug and the same RF adapter as a Famicom. So the idea was that you would buy that separately. You already own a Famicom, yes. so you can just use that for this. It's kind of their yeah. idea. And, and then plus, also, plus, which like you know, anything to reduce the price of the main system, right? right. Of, course, of course. And then that was actually a number of other systems in Japan at the time. That was kind of the modus operandi for a while there here in japan right like uh, it was to some extent and part of the reason is a little bit esoteric it has to do with the way that electronics equipment was taxed at the time mm, interesting um as you know nowadays we have what's called shofize the general consumer tax which is applied across all consumer products in which japan. is five percent 
right now. Mm-hmm. Soon but to be eight percent. Soon to be probably eight hundred percent, depending on what the what, 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 right. what, what, what Anyway, um, but at the, <laughs> up until I believe like nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one or something like that, everything got taxed differently, and it was a huge higgledy piggledy. <laughs> um, That's a technical term. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so electronics equipment would be taxed differently depending on how it was classified in the eyes of the uh, the related Japanese regulatory commissions. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why things like that would happen. You know, they would sell AC adapters separately. So, you know, the right. main console would not be taxed as much. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I think for the first time since probably... What came after Super Nintendo and 64? And 64 had the cable. Uh, (laughs) Probably the first time since then that. uh, John's not been drinking. That 3DS XL is the first Nintendo system since then that uh, does not come with the AC adapter. Uh, Oh, is that so? Yeah. Same reason. In in Japan, it's down as much as possible. In Japan and Europe. So, just real quick back on the design of the system. So, what was shown in that EGM and what was shown in early viewings of the Super Famicom was not actually how the final hardware ended up. It was more uh, simple mm-hmm. colors. The controller had it had the six-button controller, but they were all red in the final like rainbow-colored controller, which is still like super iconic, mm-hmm. still like one of the most beautiful-looking controllers. controller ever. Famicom compatibility was announced at that time. And there was a similar-looking redesigned Famicom that was mm-hmm. apparently going to pair up with it. It was going to link to a connection. Yeah, it was sort of like a, a dare I call it a sidecar thing. Right. Uh, if you if you if you uh listeners uh, remember what the uh Sega C D two looked like it sort of had a, it was a, like a sidecar attachment to the right, right, right. It would just clip it sort of side. It was a little bit it was a little bit like yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right. Why um, did they scrap that? Do you know anything about the hit the particular history of that? I'm really interested indeed. in that specific Super Famicom the first one that they showed. They Which basically also, they the scrapped way, the, the Super Famicom, but they also scrapped the redesigned Famicom that would fit in with right, it. Right, the redesigned Famicom went away for good, and then the Super Famicom just got changed to the final. Also, the L and R buttons were uh, C and D. It was know. it was A B C or maybe it was A B C D on the on the front of it. And they, yeah, something I don't was think different. they had name with the shoulder buttons, mm-hmm. and it was A B C D, which ended up that might be right. A B X Y right. I just remember um, there were C and D buttons. Yeah, the, the weird thing about that whole idea from the start to me was that the this hardware was already wildly successful in Japan as the Famicom in that mm-hmm. configuration of it. was. I, I've never seen any pictures of here is the Famicom that is in X many million of homes and here is the Super Famicom hooking up to that. I, the only pictures mm-hmm. I've ever seen, been able to find on the internet are new, redesigned, kind of smaller uh very flush in keeping with the new system design Famicom and Super Famicom connecting together. There were a few, there were a couple of different ideas. One of which was that, you know, there would, they would just like release a redesigned Famicom that would, you know, attach to the Super NES and Super Famicom and you save a plug that way. And then the other one was just to incorporate the Famicom technology in the Super Famicom. Ah. Now the reason why they were thinking about making it backwards compatible was, Basically, the way that Nintendo designed hardware at the time was that Hiroshi Yamauchi would make certain demands to um, what would be R&D number two, headed by Masayuki Uemura. He'd consult his menagerie of birds. Yeah, pretty much. And whatever they told him would then be divined by his personal fortune teller, Mm -hmm. and then that would be passed along to the R&D team. Yes. Yeah. And so (laughs) one of Yamauchi's original demands to Uemura and his team was it had to be compatible, you know, 
uh, Famicom games had to really? be playable on the SFC. That was a yeah, that was one of his original demands because you know the idea being that you know you by had, that time yeah. by that time they had a library of probably something like four hundred five hundred games. Um, you know, he wanted that fully available from the start. Do it. You know, it seems like a no brainer. Now it's yeah, like this yeah. is the one system that everybody owns right right mm-hmm. and you already have all these games of course you're not going to alienate that audience i mean it was not established what you do in passing mm-hmm. over to the next system no one had done it yet yeah, like, yeah, wonderful if, of course, they, they already know, had that idea yeah you know, over over in the u.s of course you know atari which was a big you know playmaker at that time really cared about backwards compatibility 7800 played 20 to 70 games mm-hmm. off the dot but the, but the interesting thing. thing is you say at that time so in 1990 like atari was basically nowhere and also yeah. past the 2600 atari no one had passed over successfully one hardware generation to the next mm-hmm. period there was no playbook to follow so basically after doing some research on it uemura responded to yamuchi and said if we want to have Famicom compatibility within the Super Famicom, that's going to raise the price by about 7,000 yen because what we're looking hmm. to do to, to make this a superior graphical platform, sound platform from the competition, it would basically mean we would have to stick a Famicom into the uh, plastic box completely separate from the right, rest of the right. uh, stuff. Can't right. share components. That's stuff. about 60, probably at that time, probably about 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we went out Yamauchi and Minoru Arakawa, the president of Nintendo of America at the time, you know, had you know had this you know these long conferences debating all of this, and ultimately, mm. it was decided to give up on that for the purposes of price. Interesting, um, because you know they did not want to make it that much more expensive than the competition. I think I think even at twenty five thousand yen, at that point especially, uh, the Super Famicom was still more the most expensive console out there at the time. Right, and so the Famicom and Super Famicom that we're talking about now, that these two that ultimately never came to fruition. I know, I remember on the Super Famicom and EGM there was a Famicom button. Now, presumably, now that you've explained this, I'm guessing is that what you would use when you had the Famicom like attached to it? You would switch the Famicom button on to play games on the Famicom, presumably? something like that. Yes. Okay, so it wasn't like you could switch the car- the cartridges out in the Super Famicom itself. Yeah. It was more like you would just be able to use the sidecar. Well, is that your we, we uh, this is one of those we, 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 we don't we don't really know what Super Famicom cartridge um, connectors looked like at that time. Right, whether true. there was compatibility between them mm-hmm. or not. Ultimately, there was not at all, of course. But so it sounds, theoretically, theoretically, it could have been. I guess yeah. mm-hmm. it sounds like at least at some point they were considering you you can stick a Nintendo a Famicom game into the Super Famicom right. or a Super Famicom mm-hmm. game. Either well, way, it'll play it. Mm-hmm. At some point, a big deal at the time. We talked a bit about how we used to call uh, like stores and stuff. La- you know, last episode, like right. A big deal back then. I remember is Nintendo had their like little their uh, their hint line or their consumer service line, and I know that people used to call because I did it too. Would call and ask them about the Super Nintendo because EGM would print these rumors saying that the Super Nintendo is coming out as like a piggyback thing on the on the uh, on the NES. It's not going to be a new system. It's going to be an attachment to the old system. And uh, that was like a really big thing for a while as everybody thought that's mm-hmm. what it was going to be. It was going to be an add-on, not a new system. Right. And then you would call Nintendo and Nintendo would be like, Nintendo has no, we're totally satisfied with the Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. We have no <laughs> plans for future hardware, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they would never admit to it. But for a long time, that's what everybody who was that's hardcore thought it was going to be. I never, I never got that somehow I never got that. Well, you impression. know, um, there was after a certain point, Nintendo Power would you know finally include like 
perhaps in response to people like you uh, clogging up their uh, <laughs> the uh, annoying counselor's kids corner like you, hotline. Um, they would have, you know, they eventually put a super Famicom session into Packwatch, the previous session at the end of it. But they were very right. late. By that point, yeah, we already yeah. knew it was a dedicated yeah, by, system. By that point, yeah. EGM had been, yeah. had been devoting like pages and sure, pages. And sure. it, Nintendo was very late, intentionally so. Nintendo official Nintendo and through them Nintendo Power was very late to acknowledge the existence of the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, totally. or whatever, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But like they were, they were so late to the ball game, and 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 with the Genesis going on and stuff, there were definitely right. like there was a tide shifting in there America. Was, you just begin to have that tide shift, yeah. especially because the Genesis, you know, the that campaign for the Mega Drive in Japan was very much. This is the exact same hardware as is used in arcades. You can finally enjoy the arcade experience for reels here. That's right. <laughs> reels. And it was the same. It was Beast it was, in your home. Oh, my God. Way. I cannot believe it. <laughs> it was the same way in the USA, too. All right. Ultra Beast was a bit shit, but Ghouls and Ghosts was a really good game. Oh, really that was, yeah, no, that was one of the games I rented with the Sega Genesis. one of those screenshots I lost it over for years, yep. man. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, so, yeah. well, but let's talk still about Japanese launch so did anybody else here have access before it came out in america because i had a friend mm-hmm. robbie mcgee who was <laughs> you me crazy in the in the video games probably changed my life who had a super famicom before wow. the super nintendo came out it was so expensive did anybody did anybody else god no, no? I, did, I, 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 did I, I i was a uh 12 year old and i mostly spent my allowance on things like you know he-Man figures. <laughs> He-Man figures. T- well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures. Oh, yeah. WWF superstars. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think at, I, I wish I remembered the exact price. I want to say at Must Die Hard Game Fan, which was kind of the import place at the time, because I considered buying one myself. Super Nintendo came out? Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember calling them for. Okay. Yeah, they, they started in like 90. And they, yeah, the, the okay, first, probably the first, around yeah, the first issue of their catalog that became their magazine was the summer of 90, I think. Mm. So I want to say, I want to say, and maybe some listeners can correct us if I'm wrong, I want to say it was $750 for the hardware. What? <sighs> that with, sounds about right. No game. I remember import systems at the time Jesus was crazy Christ. like that. Yeah. And That's I did see it and futs. consider it. And like, I, I seriously considered it, and I want to say games were around 150. Could buy Neo Geo for that. Yeah. So uh, I did buy an ASCII pad from from I think Die Hard. You, you guys, I don't know if anybody knows what the ASCII pad is, but it was the best Super Nintendo controller for years. It was basically took the regular pad and added all the little turbo switches, but it was right. a really nice design. Hmm. It's it's actually famous here too in Japan for being. I had one. one of the I best. actually had one of those. Yeah. I ordered that at the Japanese launch because that was yeah. all I could afford was a controller. I couldn't afford this. Couldn't afford a game. Well, my 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 love of video games for like a, a short period in high school had kind of waned when like girls showed up. The, all, girls, all that kind of stuff was going on. But I was I was I was big into the Genesis. I was a huge Genesis fan. But uh, I had a friend who said that his friend. Uh, yeah, it was one of those. So sketchy. Yeah. No, it was totally. It was absolutely one of those. Had the new Mario game and like had imported it right. and was playing it. And I was like, "What are you talking about? You're fucking crazy." <laughs> no, uh, and he did, and he had it, and I saw it, and we became like immediate friends. And we it was like it was like two heroin users. I mean, we were we were in the middle of St. Louis, Missouri, so nobody else around right. at all. And like I said, like my life course might have changed because if i had not met this enabler McGee. it was like a super enabler yeah mcgee <laughs> super enabler basically it was like two the only two heroin users in the world found each other and was like 
yes, what you're doing is absolutely worth all of your time and money and <laughs> and energy and everything. Do it. What are you doing? No, did, do it more. Do totally it more. You became his friend just because he had a Super Nintendo. No, but I mean, we we just completely connected immediately. It was like it was on a deeper level than that. It was that, like on the mm-hmm. deepest level possible. <laughs> Soulmates. That, that was yes. fairly normal though back in the day. Like you would be friends with kids because they had systems that you didn't. That's yeah. why my parents bought me my systems because they're like my son is going to be a popular it's kid not, but, on the block. You're, you're totally <laughs> missing the point, which was the only way that this person would have imported a Super right. Nintendo is if they are like so much like me, right, right, that right, they right. would well, yeah, actually no. go to That's those that, lengths. I, I, I was it. just, I was yeah. just uh, countering John there, but that nor- he did also own a Neo Geo and uh, all other so crazy he was shit. really hardcore. He was, he was really, really rich. So anyway, of course, neither of us had any idea anything what was going on, but like you know, ActRaiser first experience with that was was on that. Uh, machine through him later on like Zelda and whatever but anyway so seeing Mm -hmm. Super Mario seeing F-Zero like F-Zero as well which to look at it now is kind of like okay like you probably have no idea at all but like scaling Mm -hmm. and rotation such was a, a thing then it yeah. was well, that's, that's, that's the thing really is that um of course nowadays super mario world is regarded as a classic many people consider it to be the best super mario game ever to this day but i was debated. not i would debate that too but anyway uh, many people would but he's right no it is definitely yes. yeah of course, among of course. The, however it was not really the system seller the system sellers were f-zero and pilot wings by far I, you, I would say f-zero for sure only because i mean well I would say system seller in, in the sense of two people who maybe had not seen anything else before. That is the one that blew them away when they saw it for the first time. Let's yeah. take it one by one, though. Like, l- let's briefly stop, and maybe we'll get into this in the game section again. But Super Mario World, for a game to launch with a system that is that deep and mm-hmm. that polished, and yeah. you still look at it now, 20 fucking one years later, and I mean, there, there are ways that that game is still the best at what it does did period mm. like yoshi's island kind of took it in, in, in another direction and perfected uh, parts of it but that mm. game for a launch game which launch has become True. you know synonymous absolutely. with like shallow and kind right. of like Fancy tossed vision. off and whatever that's oh, what absolutely. makes me think <laughs> that you know your thing about yamauchi Yep. saying that that game was coming out, they just kept adding on thing, and building yeah. and Slow building and polishing years, and polishing and sure. building. I mean, that is like, yeah, that is like I the mean, brisket that yep. has fucking just yep. cut, <laughs> stewed in its own juices for like five years <laughs> yes. until think, it was so amazing. I, I, I think my brethren in Texas would really, really appreciate that uh, comparison. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, have brisket. Say, now, though, now I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you got to admit, though, it looked like it was cooking for three years because yeah. it, graphically it was not up to th- that was that was my first game too. I got F Zero and Mario the night of launch, and like, well, I think I got F Zero. Was F Zero a launch game yes, in the US? It was a launch game. Okay, yeah, those are the two that I got, and I, I will say, I mean, I love Mario World to death, right. but I mm-hmm. was disappointed at how like not as much no of a Sonic. Leap it was oh, fuck Sonic, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it was like it wasn't. It wasn't a leap like that. It yeah. wasn't a leap. You know, Absolutely. it was like it was like yeah, there's some cool 
Every, there was a couple of levels where there was like sort of that transparency or like the stuff where you flip around the yeah, gates and you're like, right. yes. you know, you're seeing yeah. like all this parallax stuff happening. And it was yeah. cool, but you didn't even really see mode seven until the final boss. You know, no, I mean? no, that's true. Like the mode seven stuff was not used and probably oh, there's all kinds of mode seven till for a final boss. Well, you're killing a boss you, you, in you the fight. on a giant turtle shell that's rotated. And I came giant turtle shell. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, I, I think this is a dream you had once. Yeah. No, TMI. no, no. Apologies for my French, by the way, Mom. I didn't mean to say that. But, um, oh, she lives you'll, you'll, remember, you'll, you'll, you'll remember, like, there was a boss battle. You fought against Iggy Koopa, and it was on, like, a platform that went zoo, zoo, zoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was most seven. You think yeah, that was a turtle shell? That was not a turtle not, shell. Not to mention the resonors. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The yes. But that's all, that's all kind of like, okay, take your Yoshi's Island, right? That, that That's like a built from the ground up mode seven. Even right. yes. even Pilot Wings is a more of a mode seven mm-hmm. showcase. Much more, yeah. But like, let's, let's give it its due. First of all, I think Mario was the earliest example of Nintendo who was a pioneer in saying, we're going to make this game look like it's look. We're not going to push the the what it can do in far as realism and whatever. We're going to perfect its look. And it's I think Yoshi's direction. Island was a big push in that step too. And of course, Wind Waker was the huge one that a lot of people realized. Hey, wait, maybe you go for style over over mm-hmm. what is the most like technically brilliant thing. Right. But also, right. like, think of that game. God damn, like the amount of stuff Mario could do. Like in any modern mm-hmm. game, it would be like Yoshi is added, and that's it. But like. The cape, the fucking the the star worlds, the amount of worlds that are in that, the secrets, the ghost houses, right? Like that game, multiple exits of levels. It's just like that that game game over delivered. That game is like a ten in the definition of a ten. That is a game that over delivers, blows away your expectations. That you can have, you can buy it at launch with the system, have it for three months, play the shit out of it, and Mm. still not know all of it. Like still have playground talks about like. Oh man, I did this in this level and what right. I mean it's fucking amazing. I think that the Super Mario World is a very important evolution not only in the history of Nintendo but also in the career of Mr. Shigeru Miyamoto. And the reason I say that is because I think that's the first game of his where he was involved with that really fully embodied Nintendo's stated philosophy of gameplay which is that it should be accessible for people from you know 8 to 88 mm-hmm. you know what i mean right you know, yeah but they did it right back then i think because they didn't hold your hand through it i mean they gave you some credit i feel like now they don't give you any credit anymore you know, you, you could you could you could play through the game and get to the ending on rel- you know right. it would be a bit of a challenge right. if you wanted to you know go through all 96 worlds and get all the exits and beat gnarly which um is a very tough level <laughs> Love that level. That was awesome. Love that level. Uh, Then that was an extremely difficult challenge. It was a challenge in a good way, of course. Yeah. Mm And that coin message at the end was amazing. That was yep. like one of the most awesome feelings. Oh, yeah. ever. completely. Yeah. What, what, what's, what was Gnarly's <laughs> name in Japanese? Was it still Gnarly? Do, does anybody no. know? I don't know what I it was. Not, it wasn't Gnarly. We'll mm. check it out. A break. I, I, I need to I look that. that out. Yeah. But yeah, Gnarly, such a perfect like encapsulation of the term. When we get into the games too, you remember all these. There games was a that were um, so in- there was a there was a NeoGaf. Well, it was still Game Age at the time. There was a NeoGaf thread circa 2005, which was basically like a Super Nintendo nostalgia thread, and the title of the thread was "Fuck Gnarly." <laughs> I call correctly, which is pretty great as well. Okay, well, I absolutely like. I actually used to be a Mario Brothers three guy as the uh, pinnacle of the series, but and I think I've talked about it before on this podcast. But like Shane 
convince me Shane Bettenhausen, Sony Bettenhausen. now of Sony, <laughs> Sony Bettenhausen convinced me over many long arguments that actually Super Mario World is a superior game, and I am now equipped to have this argument. Wow! And I believe I can. I don't convince think- any rational thinking person of this argument separated from what it was at the time when it came out to them. Right, but I don't think you... Well, I think, yeah, in terms of play mechanics, yes. In terms of, like, pure imagination, no. So I think, like... In terms of volume, not in terms of having done stuff first, but in terms of volume, in terms of, yeah, play mechanics, mechanics, in terms of control, in terms of variety, in terms of But I do feel like... I still do feel feel like Super Mario 3 was, like, the last one where Tezuka was, like, hitting the pipe hard and just coming up with amazing (laughs) stuff out of his imagination. And I feel like... Mario World lost that a bit, like a right. Chocolate Land and like dinosaurs and like it was I just don't know, like dude, Chocolate Land, Land is pretty, pretty fucking, weird. fucking weird. Like Ghost Houses, Ghost, Ghost Houses, Houses were awesome. Yes, like that's Mario some Three up shit. had Star more World. like originality yeah, the whole, the whole, in its design. You know the whole art, design. the whole idea of Star World design. and Special World is pretty trippy. How you flew and bombed, like the flying mechanics. That, no, yes, yes, that, that was like where Shane convinced me is like flying mechanics in Super Mario Three versus flying mechanics in Super Mario World. Right, there's no argument interestingly enough i think as the more time goes on my opinion is sort of my opinion on that is sort of like rusting or deteriorating because i feel like nintendo's now overusing the whole mushroom kingdom thing you know where Mm, it's making my memories of mario 3 kind of degrade a little bit right Right. and when mario world is sounding more appealing because it's just because it's different you know it's hard to separate too because when mario 3 came out it was so amazing and the the giant world and i mean it was just Unfucking believable. Uh, anyway, okay. So, and then F Zero, mm. which that was like to me the technical showcase, and still an amazing, great playing game. A joy to play. Four I love that game. Of glory, and I don't even like opinion. racing games. Yeah. Plus the that was music, the, man. The that racing was, game for people yes. who don't like racing games. And yeah, the music. that was the game that where I was like, you know what, this system can do like amazing sound. Port, Port Town. Port Town is the best theme ever. <laughs> and and no sequel. <laughs> would come out for that game. This was a, it continually surprised me until way later on a different yeah. system. So right. like, and actually, that was the reason why I bought the Nintendo sixty four was for S F Zero X. Really? Yeah, that game was awesome. That was, was a amazing, good game. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll talk about that twenty years from now. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes, F Zero was amazing. But you know that oh. thing. I think something I want to talk about about these early games, like including F Zero, is is sort of the thing that's. I think Kevin mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um. The, the really big deal back then was that there was a legitimate – this is gone nowadays, I think, but there was a legit, legitimate jump in, like, like graphical capabilities and just what the system could do from, like, generation to the next. So, like, when you went from Nintendo to Super Nintendo, there was, like, legitimately stuff that, like, you just sat in front of the TV with your jaw dropping. And you don't right. get that mm-hmm. anymore. Like, now you're like, wow, that game has, like, incredible graphics, blah, blah, blah. But it's right. just, like, the last generation – higher res and more polys I could not have imagined this happening in a game before because I kind of got used to what was possible well so sort of but I think also because we're bombarded by media all the time the shock kind of gets I will say there is still a rare game that breaks through where it happens whereas with the launch of a new system every game was that way there's still a game but there's not really new like techniques being implemented that I mean that like legitimately yeah. mind blowing. All you're getting is like more photorealistic and so like, for example, mm-hmm. like Shadow of the Colossus. Like the first time I played that, mm-hmm. it was like I never conceived of like this feeling of being a tiny thing on mm-hmm. this giant moving mm-hmm. whatever. And this maybe probably technically wouldn't have been possible before, but 
But it, I think it does happen fair, every guess. once mm. in a while where it breaks through. But I think it is incredibly rare now, which is back then things were so basic and moving in such a clip that it was like, holy shit, there's more than two things on the screen moving right. at once. And it's not flickering. I'm curious what mm-hmm. everybody's like first moment was. Like I remember mine really clearly was it was uh, Christmas that year. Yeah. Super Ghouls and Ghosts came out. And oh. the intro has this bit where... The camera so like zooms into the into yeah. the window with the where when yep. the chick gets uh, uh, kidnapped. <laughs> the chick. Oh my Demon god! <laughs> What's her name again? Uh, Elle McPherson. Well, yeah, well, sure. Uh, yes, I just definitely Elle McPherson. She was actually signed on for the Ghouls and Ghosts uh, movie at that time. I just remember the thing like this. this sort of, that was like a cinematic like experience at yeah, the time. But it was right. like the slowly sort of zooming in. Yeah, past the like, window, and then you hear a crash. I honestly probably just sat there well, with my mouth open for like five yeah. minutes. That was amazing. We'll do Castlevania Four. Not to get too far into this. Well, yeah, no, but Castlevania yeah, Four. I'm going to talk about Aft Racer and the dirt. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my god, that was so amazing. Okay, so just to pull it back a little bit because we'll get into the games a bit. There's only a couple more things to talk about before we get into that so one thing okay. john that you mentioned was the controller length which was laughable <laughs> in, in japan w- well, yes yeah. in japan it was shorter at the time but so the japanese controller length was 37 and a half inches which is just over three feet long which you have if you imagine is completely fucking nuts yeah. how short that is it was uh, um but that was sort of the standard in japan i know Com- it's compared, compared, people uh, haven't because compared people on the, the floor the, near their tv exactly compared to the usb cable that comes with the ps3 i'm sure it's about the same length right? well that's also very short for yeah. but you don't Using need that it. yes yeah. the u.s controller length of the super nintendo 91.5 wow. inches yeah. so yeah over <laughs> nice. seven feet which is of course i mean that's that seems like the it has to be the other thing too about that controller is the uh, the Japanese one didn't have the concave um, two of the buttons were were all four buttons were that's right this way. Con- uh, convex right, right. Convex. yeah well, whereas in the U S one two they made two of them um, which was a smart concave. move although they two toned the colors and I'll talk about the design here in a second oh, God, they, they changed the it to the oh, purple we're not to that word anymore they totally gray. destroyed the design of the uh, <laughs> yeah. U S system but we'll get to that I guess um, so it launched. August 22nd, 23rd, somewhere around there. I got the receipt. This is August 22nd, <laughs> I will just say. So how you got yours? I ordered mine from someplace mail order because I had just gone off to college and I wasn't going to – I didn't have a car, but I wanted to make sure that I got it somehow. This is not in an age when you ever ordered anything. No, I mean, that was risky then too because you never even knew when it was coming out. Like but, for all you know, it could have been coming in like a span of like six months. Right? I was in Lawrence, <laughs> Kansas. It was like – and I ended up getting it like right wow. when it came out before anyone else got it. So 199 bucks, 200 bucks. Yep. Um, Did they can, have electricity in Lawrence, two, Kansas at the time? Two controllers. Yeah. Two controllers. I still have my original box, actually. I went home recently and was in the attic. I had forgotten. I kept wow. it. still have the full box with the foam Did and everything. Did it come with? Oh, I missed that foam. Uh, I'm there's two controllers in my box, so unless I put another one in there later, I'm pretty sure it did. It, I don't think it ever came with only one controller. I mean, yeah, was, I'm pretty it, sure it was, it was two was, controllers. It, but it, it came totally. with it came with Super Mario World, right? It came with Super Mario yeah. World and two controllers. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and an AC adapter. And the carts had those little plastic <laughs> things on the bottom. Remember those? That's the right. Yes. Those, yes. those little holders. Those, uh, uh, those were protectors. so nice. Disappeared very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. So the appearance in the U.S. changed pretty dramatically. What do people think? Box Lance, uh, what's his name? He's still Lance at Nintendo Barr. now. Yes, I have a quote from him about it. But what what do people think about the design? Sort of in you general? know to be, I'm of two <laughs> minds. Like one mind is I had already seen the Super Famicom and I knew how. Let's just face it, the Super Famicom is the sexiest game console ever designed forever. <laughs> nothing, nothing tops it. Fact, fact, mm. stamp over. <laughs> but 
the, the white Saturn was pretty awesome. Nothing, dude. That's like a no. That's like a grill compared. I'd have to, this. to think about um, it for a little bit, but but I will say, like you know, as as uh, I I think the Super Nintendo, the US Super Nintendo, was just horribly ugly and poorly designed. It had very. It was like Western design. Did you basically. let me ask you? It was you. purple. It was purple and, and it was it, ugly. Right. And it but turns it was, into P after hey, ten years. It, it was nineteen ninety one. There was it looked like a crisis. I understand. Shit looked weird. Okay? I understand why they did it because it's, it's it was a toy. And did you think at the time? Is my bigger question. What did you think at the time? I thought so now we can all agree that was for babies because the Genesis at, is black. And I thought awesome. at the time I, I was happy looked, to have it. I thought it looked modern and real and uh, right? futuristic. I was yeah. happy to own it. I actually I remember I remember at the time, <laughs> which is hard to imagine now, yeah. but you really got to think back at the time, thinking like, oh, this actually looks like a like kind of. Mm. I mean, it looked, nice piece of it hardware. Like a, yeah, it was not like embarrassing or anything. Right. Especially after the boxy NES, it's like, oh, this thing's almost that's kind of rounded. It has soft colors. I like. I didn't like the purple at all. I gotta say, yeah, like, like that was purple. just a bad design choice. Well, you, you, don't, you don't have to worry about uh, purple and gray right now because most Super Nintendos right now are purple and, and yellow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so here, here's the philosophy that went into it. So this is from uh, a Nintendo Joe interview with with uh, Lance Barr who. The case designer for the American versions of the he designed the NES and the Super NES. Also did the uh, the Max uh, Joypad for NES the Nintendo. Max. Yeah, wow. the, the the Advantage mm. uh, joystick, which is a, a big uh, favorite of a lot of people. Yep. Slap so man. Nintendo Nintendo Joe asks him, Super NES design is quite square compared to the Super Famicom. What was your motivation for going in that di- design direction? He answers, the Super Famicom was maybe okay for the market in Japan, John. Mm-hmm. For the U.S., I felt that it was too soft and had no edge. <laughs> we were always looking at future modular components. Even the NES had a connector at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you had to design with the idea of stacking on top of other components. I thought the Super Famicom didn't look good when stacked. And even by itself, it kind of had a, quote, bag of bread, unquote, look. Oh, oh shots no. fired. The sup- In your face, <laughs> bag Super of Famicom? bread. Okay. How can I hold all these bags of bread? Yes. <laughs> a <laughs> bag of bread that's maybe been squashed down by something heavy being on top of it The U.S. For a while. Super Nintendo looks like an Oldsmobile <laughs> with its wheels taken off. Come on. It is, like, the most clunky <laughs> square, like, So here, here's the interesting, the other interesting thing about the US NES is that it discolored in a quite a weird, unique way. Yeah. Yes. Um, because of, I guess, different types of plastic. The Super Nintendo or the or the regular? The Super Nintendo. Oh, right. Not the, the Famicom. Well, the Super Famicom colors discolors as well, though, pretty badly. Does it? Oh, Does God, it? yeah. If you, I mean, you can't. There are one people who've kept them in nice shape, but there are also like well, tobacco well, yellow. There is something. Well, to some respect, it was the luck of the draw because. Um, if you have a Super NES with plastic that discolors, then you know there's nothing that you could have done to prevent that. It has nothing to do with tobacco smoke. Right. Is because the plastic. Uh, so are you oxi- saying some of them are manufactured with different plastic than others? Yes. Because oh, you know the ones that look like tobacco smoke. Um, if you open up the console, it looks like tobacco smoke on the inside. Well, the also, so it's not like sun damage or something. No, it's it's, it's oxidation. Also, huh. it's not. All of the pieces gray. of it, like look at this picture. This shows a nice uh, oh example on Wikipedia where the centerpiece, <laughs> which is made of different plastic, is yeah. the original off gray, kind of bluish gray color. And then everywhere else looks like, yeah, it's been in the sun and been blown smoke. My launch for system years. is still <laughs> perfect. So, yeah, I don't know. I must have wow. had a good plastic. So, yeah, they, they definitely did change mm-hmm. uh, the um, plastic. 
Yeah, there was a very good article, um, which um, I'm blanking on where I found it, but someone, you know, actually made the um, went through the trouble of going through uh, the research to figure out why this happened to the point of like you know contacting a professor at a university who's an expert in plastics and all that, and their best idea was it was definitely caused by some oxidation, yeah. oxidization, and your best guess about it was that um, you know. What Nintendo told them was that, uh, you know, the uh, mix of chemicals they used to make the system uh, flame-proof. Like, Interesting. Uh, they had some, like, flame-retarding retar- chemicals uh, to the system, and uh, they apparently had an issue with oxidization. So Kevin Gifford here that shit with plastic two Super Game Masters in a row. Remember he did this last time, too, with the, col- <laughs> the reason the Famicom was the red color or whatever. Or here, yeah. just to Hi. pause one second, the memory. ABS plastic used in the casing of some older SNES consoles is particularly yeah. susceptible to oxidization on exposure to air, likely due to an incorrect mixture of the stabilizing or flame-retarding additives. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, one interesting thing about this that I had not known before. You can't fix it. Reading from the Wikipedia, you can fix it, which I had never known, saying the discoloration can be reversed by soaking the plastics in Retrobrite, which is like a brand name, which is a solution of hydrogen peroxide and a small amount of active oxygen. Really? So yeah. like take the case off, soak yeah. it, and wow. Yeah, re- so, re- yeah. Retrobite was ex- awesome. invented for the purposes of that. Fixing Super Nintendo. the Retro right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Wait, are you serious? You're not joking? Pretty crazy. I'm not yeah, joking. No. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And um, uh, just finishing off with the design thing, so you have the original Japanese version of the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo derivative, the PAL... Super Nintendo, which is basically yeah. the Super Famicom with, with the US logo. Just Super <laughs> Nintendo written on it. Then you have the Super Famicom Junior mm-hmm. in 1998, which is basically matches the color scheme and kind of design look. It's kind of almost like the the son or daughter of the Super son Famicom Super and Super Famicom. Nintendo. Mm. Rounded corners, but the color scheme of the Super Nintendo, except for the controller, which smartly kept the wait. When you Super say Famicom, the color scheme of this, you're talking about the color scheme of the Japanese. The one. Super Famicom right, Junior. Okay. Then you have the North American redesign, which I guess doesn't have an official name, which basically mm. is the same thing, but oh, slightly different. Came with Super Mario RPG. Looked very foxy, in my opinion. Wow, that shit came with Super Mario RPG. Uh, amongst other, there were a few uh, different stuff, sets. Man. Uh, one other design difference between the two that a lot of people, if you owned a system at the time, there was no. By and large, software lockout, but there was a hardware software lockout, which there was, was oh, yes. the cartridges were slightly different. Right. There were pegs in the Super Nintendo cartridge slot that did not exist in the Japanese system. Yes. Also, Japanese carts just didn't fit, period. Japanese carts you could, uh, do not you fit. Could you need to put an adapter. Well, no, you, no, could, you could make them fit. You could simple way out. to make them fit. They would cut holes in the... Yeah, John, you're shaking your head. You're not you're shaking no, your head. Cutting holes true. is one thing, yeah, but you can, I'm saying you can't fit it in the normal system is what I'm saying. You can fit it in well, the normal yeah. system if you have mm-hmm. holes cut in the cartridge itself for the pegs in the Super Nintendo system. Well, right. Or they could remove the pegs. So yeah. that, that, there's, there's, no, two, right. there's three methods here. One was a simple converter that you stuck into the system that just made the cartridge sit on top of the system. I had two of those. Two yeah. was cutting cartridge, cutting holes into the cartridge, the import Japanese right. cartridge itself, yeah. which a lot of companies started doing or selling you the thing that you could do it yourself. People would burn the things. They're like little notches, maybe like an inch <laughs> and a half tall, two of them on either side of the bottom of the cartridge in the back. Three was removing the piece or just ripping it out with pliers, which I think is what I did from the Super Nintendo itself to make uh, cartridges fit in flush. 
with the system. And it should also be noted for our friends in foreign lands yes. that PAL users of the Super NES had a bit more trouble with actual lockouts. Right. So that is where the software, I never, there was never a PAL game that I think I wanted to play. So that's I the didn't thing. Have I have, the one. I have the one that's worth owning. What's that? Terra Enigma. Terra Enigma. Great Indeed. game. I own yeah. it. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's sort of uh, like the see, third game in the Soul Blazer Illusion of Gaia series. From Quintet. One of the few Enix games that was okay. skipped over right. North America and went right. straight. Yeah. Came out in Australia, <laughs> yeah. even. They screwed us over those bastards. <laughs> Actually, God that's damn. where I got it from our pal. It was a fucking awesome yeah, game, too. Games. Oh. But I mean, pal, pal users had pretty bad because if they, even if that they hurts. could, even if they could go, go around the uh, software logout, there was the issue of 50 hertz versus 60 hertz yep. video update, which right, meant that right. basically every, uh, uh, games that were not modified to work, especially for pal, ran approximately 16% slower. Yeah, or like big borders. They had they it hard, big man. Borders. They had it really rough in that and, generation. Yeah. You pal people now who don't know about this, you should be happy that all of our TV standards are way more, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so one uh, maybe last thing, going back to the design question with, with Lance Barr. You guys, I know I've seen these, I'm sure, at some point. There was a Nintendo Power that showed kind of the evolution yes. of the Super NES. It showed some early design, like discarded prototype mock-ups. They definitely had this purple and gray. Uh, Google it uh, if you don't just go uh, maybe SNES Central Prototype Super NES. They had this gray and purple design scheme. The gray kind of a holdover probably from the regular Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Some of their early designs were much more directly connected to the the redesigned NES. One of them looks a lot like that. Some of them just look completely fucked up. They look like the the bastard child of like a Turbo Graphics, like a 3DO, Super Graphics, and like a yeah, like yeah. a Super it looks Nintendo. Like it soldered things on, soldered things onto the box or soldered? something. Soldered, soldered. <laughs> um, and then there's a one of them looks just like added a phone. An <laughs> it does look like a phone. Yeah, some of them had a crank that you would have used to like eject the cart to apparently. play Dead Shed They Go. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, later crank versions with a crank lever mechanism to load and unload game packs were that also would have been rejected. So cool though, like it'd be it would, like just like it launches yeah. it across the room. It would have broken so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, would, there would not be any working cranks at this point. Yep, some of them are super flat. Some of them look pretty close to where they got now. There was also a version of the current uh, Super Nintendo that was shown in an EGM that's like a little flatter than the final system ended up, but very close to it with mm. like a different logo. But that stuff is is interesting. Um, and, but ultimately, we got our Super NES in the end, and ultimately, yeah. it did win the generation, no matter what the design. You know, was. in spite of really? Nintendo, oh yes, in terms uh, of sales, no, it really, won. in terms of it hardware won. sales, yes, really. This is an argument that was clear. But what, isn't years isn't ago. that the fact like way after both systems had been out of the line? No, Nintendo, yeah, like didn't, after- Nintendo didn't pull up and pull ahead until like ninety five. Like it was definitely they won almost in spite of themselves, and they won at the very yeah. end. And mm-hmm. Sega helped them win, but I mean, for a so long Sega time, Sega had moved on to the next hardware. Right, next failed Nintendo's giant fortunes- flop of hardware by that point. But yeah. I don't know if you take sixteen bit. Maybe it. it de- Depends on how you define the well, competition. Dude, if it's in raw numbers of what eventually both sold, mm-hmm. and we're talking about worldwide, we're not talking about well, worldwide, just in the West. Forget it. Right, because Nintendo you have Japan. Sega, yeah. Right, but but if you're talking about just in the West, or you isolate a territory like America, or especially Europe, 
I kind of well, in the end, Nintendo outsold. I mean, yeah, that's the whole. That's how people decided they won. They ultimately sold more hardware. But I mean, this didn't yeah. happen until like the fortune started turning when they started that Play It Loud campaign, and then they had like Earthbound and Super Punch Out, and those games came out, and they started their mm-hmm. image started getting better. Like, ooh, Nintendo's edgy. Then they had like Chrono Trigger. They had like Final Fantasy. They had all these games that became really huge. Yoshi's Island. That ultimately well, Donkey Kong well, Country. We'll Mortal, Mortal Kombat Two was also Mortal, Mortal Kombat Two was not gimped was and therefore was way yeah. better than the Genesis One. Well, yeah. we kind of seems like we're getting into the game discussion. But games. why don't we take a quick break before we do that? And when we come back, we'll go through a list of favorite Nintendo games and memories of them. So stick around. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That was so awesome. Oh man. <laughs> we recorded like two weeks ago, but I was listening to it a little bit today and uh, was uh, having fond memories. So many fun facts. Yes. And we do get into uh, the games in the next section, which is about another two hours. And it's just like an orgasm, a two hour <laughs> orgasm. Oh, wait. This section is about an hour and 50 minutes, actually, right? Oh. So the section at the second half, I think, is. You know what? No, They're both long. No, actually. Yes. It's only we an hour cut and five it. You're right. Yes. <laughs> we cut it where we thought we were going to cut it. So, yes, we have about two hours plus of talk about the games, yeah. and it gets in-depth, and there's a lot so of good gushy. memories. So, so good stuff. Uh, send us your memories as well. Why not? On Twitter, I'm at MarkMacD. S-P-R-S-K. Hiroko84. I am John TV. Brennan Beyond. Um, otherwise, like I talked about before, we will be back... Next week, uh, with the second half of the Nintendo Retrospective, but also coverage, and uh, it'll talk about uh, the probably the Apple conference and definitely the Nintendo conference. Maybe news if we have time. Otherwise, that'll happen two weeks from now, along with another special for our TGS special. cast, with, perhaps with some special guests as well. Special um, guests. Um, otherwise, uh, who wants to tell people where they can find us? Uh, Twitter at 84play or you can find us on the internet www.8-4.jp or uh, there's always a thread on NeoGAF you can find us at our home on Giant Bomb Uh, we have a Facebook page you can write a lovely review on iTunes uh, and that's more or less it Hmm. and so to take us out I think we're going to introduce a uh, first of our new segment uh, dramatic reading of Notch Notch Stand Up Theater. Take it away, Mr. Notch. The Mr. Beater in our fishing team was very, was very rude, so I had him take a jerk of the team. <laughs> Thank you, I will be here all night and uh, try the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.